Everybody wishes they lived in a mystical world like that of Tolkien or Gygax, with many peoples each a unique species onto themselves. Well, we do. So welcome to the mortal realm and its many races of man. This is Hyperborean Radio. All right, rock on. I like that. That was cool. Yes. Um, yeah, and... I hope everybody has been having a great time. A great holiday season. Dude, we're, we're entering the new year. The big, big, so long Yuletide is over. Yes, finally. Yes. Um, and the, the time everybody's been waiting for a podcast. Yes. A new podcast and, from us. And if you're new here, I am Ike, also known as the oh, Keeper. Yeah. And over there is, is Jeff. Jeff. He's also, also sometimes Celtic known. God. Yes. Celtic God. Um. And this show is brought to you by our patrons and uh, all those other things. All the other and, things. Uh, we'd you like know to things. We'd like to welcome our newest patron, Mr. A One, Mr. Netherton. Mr. Netherton. It's, it's such a proper sounding name. It is a fantastic. It's like halfway between like mysterious wanderer and cartoonish supervillain. Yeah. Great last name. Great. Well, and every little bit of support that we get, it, it helps us do the things. Like anybody that hasn't listened before. No, uh, well, anybody that has listened before knows that we have our own website, hyperboreanradio.com. Yep, We're putting you... lore on there. Uh, I think it's interesting. I hope other people find it interesting. According to the analytics, some people find it very interesting. Yes. And, so uh, there is that, and that is directly due to our patrons, which support us and help us pay for the website. Yep, and you can also back us directly on Spotify. You can also directly back us on Buy Me a I'm Coffee. I'm not sure if they can directly back us on Spotify. No, we need more listeners, so make sure to share us, too. Oh, all right. Uh, and then you can also follow us on Instagram, Telegram, YouTube, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook, I think. I might be missing some still. Yeah, check all the books in the dot-coms. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're there. Probably. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Could be, most or likely. Will be. We are definitely not on MySpace. We are definitely not. As far on as MySpace. I know, um, there was but, something else I was going to bring up. I forgot what it was. I'll remember in about ten minutes when it's time to interrupt. Probably, but anyway. So this is going to be an interesting topic, and a lot of it has actually been building up for years, years and years. Actually, like you've actually had many interactions and discussions, mm -hmm. and even done some experiments with the various races of man. Mm -hmm. And we're going to kind of go through them. Some of them we have more. Some of them we have less. Well, and here's the thing. Some of it is based off from science. It's very verifiable facts. Other things is based off from conversations with members of, other, of the other species. Some of it is pure speculation because there's no way that we could possibly know, even if the other species was to try and actively help out of curiosity, like, oh, what's the difference between us? So some of it's just pure speculation, and because our we have some of the most intelligent uh, listeners, uh, we're going to leave it to you guys to figure out who's what's what. Yeah, and you yeah. probably know some stuff we don't. You probably have some direct experiences right. we don't. It, this is mostly just a fun conversation for us. Well, it's fascinating to me because... Everyone kind of goes through this angry phase when they realize we're not the same. Mm -hmm. I've been lied to. That's basically what breaks down. Y yeah, to. it's the betrayal. 
But this is the thing I found fascinating. And the more I've interacted and talked to the other races, the more it becomes really, really blatant. Not only are we different species, but we have a fundamental, biologically ingrained, completely different way of viewing things. Mm -hmm. Probably because we're different species. Yes. So we, we've been taught, and even though they, they reject the idea that there's the races of man no there's only one race of man the human race the, the human whole, race or whatever the fuck it just is added to the pile of diatribes yeah it, that's a pile of crap there are many man-shaped species many races of man and it's not just variations on the one race it's it really does seem to be cases of convergent evolution and we've been picking apart at this for a while and it's just shit tons of fun Oh, yeah, and part of what made this come up more recently is a couple of things. One, we work with some not-us. Right, like most people do. Yeah, specifically uh, some black shin chimeras, so, so mara well, blacks. the or, one guy, uh, yeah, the black guy calls himself the real black. Cause or we the do regular actually black. have these conversations with him. Or, well, uh, yeah, he also uses uh, normal black. Or regular black. Regular black, that's what uh, And then we... We're working with a mestizo, mostly Mezzo, I'd say, most Mesoamerican. So, like, that's like the Mayans, the Aztecs, stuff like right, that. Right, from Central America. Central America. What people think of when they think of those little troglodyte things. Mm -hmm. Which don't really come from there, but they do. There's some overlap. Anyways. It's a whole thing. It, it's a whole thing. But anyway. We're, so we're not going to focus in on the details so much. Not, not quite that much. But among other things, it was that they had some basically they didn't understand some really basic things about our species like i understand when they don't know like the the ins and outs of stuff but right. uh, things that could be explained away as culture but there's some biologic oh. differences that they just couldn't wrap their minds around well i had this... we're just as fascinated by us as we are by them oh yeah well like the the amara black he was going on about how can you guys not tell the difference between us and the africans we're black they're purple yeah so and then uh, this was probably one of the weirdest conversations I've ever had in my life, or strange or odd, whatever. But I was talking to the little mezzo uh, mestizo chick, and I was explaining to her that I was going bald. She was very confused because she was like, well, what? why don't you grow yes. your hair back out? Sorry you still for the ladies out there <sighs> listening to us that think that men's supposed to have the full luxury. Those are children that have the full luxurious head of hair. Men go bald. Yes. Hyperborean males go bald. But, and it, because you're a man, you're going bald. Yes. But with her, she didn't understand this. Like, she started asking me, like, D well, if you are going bald, why do you still have hair on your face talking about my beard? And I'm just like, because that's not how male pattern baldness works. <laughs> and then I tried to explain to her, like, the, the tribe I'm from, there's a lot of bald men. We usually have big beards and bald heads and she's like oh and the women go bald too and i'm like no absolutely not no, you you don't know what male pattern baldness is and this is the thing she didn't yeah she had been raised really really insular with her own subgroup her own race right well, or, or chimeras like her and well, she was so fundamentally unaware of this like first of all she didn't realize what baldness was mm -hmm. and then she thought because i had to explain to her that the, the all the men walking around with like the horseshoe pattern on the top of their head. Yeah, they don't. Shave that's not a haircut. Yeah, yeah. She actually she asked me about it too. She's like, "That's not a haircut." No, that's not a haircut. They're just 
they're it bald. Stops growing. This is the, just, the terminal hair stops growing, like, and they still have Vela's hair up there. But it is fundamentally not and a and part the of their idea species. of Vela's hair confused her too. I, I caught her like looking at her arm, trying to see if she had Vela's hair. Vela's hair. Well, and because she's a mestizo, she's fairly hairy for like a female, right? Because mestizo, but it's terminal hair. Yes, it's not Vela's hair. Like this is actually something that a lot of people don't realize. I haven't found any other purebreds that have this. Some of them might. I haven't personally checked yeah, we them We haven't all. gone round checked every single one. No, but the little peach fuzz that we, that most of our people have, well, all of our people that I've noticed that don't have like alopecia or something, mm-hmm. um, we have it. It's our undercoat, the, the blonde furs. And I know it's blonde hair. I know it's not like clear hair because white hair is effectively clear hair. And that shows up. And you can see it. You can see it. You can see the people with, like, the thick back hair that basically looks like mold right. on a well, strawberry. Well, I mean, that, that's what ends up causing the gray and silver hair is it's actually clear. Yeah, it um, lo- it's losing pigment. And just in case anybody hasn't is a little bit behind here, it, this isn't picking. What we're doing is not going to be picking on or bashing on any of the races of man. It's just um, acknowledging the biologic, uh, yeah, the biological and the mental, potentially even spiritual oh. differences between the species of man, and it's actually, it, it's a very, it makes for a very vibrant, fascinating world. Fascinating. I'm, actu- world. I'm actually giddy. And before we start getting into like specifics, I want to go over something that we recently noticed, and it's from talking with these people and and considering things we've dealt with over before the years. Before we do that, though, I want to hit on something that. For a nays- for the one naysayer that's out there. And it, it's medical. It's something that you can look up and verify. Medicine, they have to develop medicine for each individual race. And then they try to develop the in-between ones for the chimeras, for the ones that you're not Hyperborean and you're not Asian. Yeah. You're Eurasian. The medicine for the hyperborean might kill the asian the medicine for the asian might kill the hyperborean for say heart disease for the same symptoms they have to develop two different medicines and then they have to kind of experiment that's why these big long lists of side effects well that's part of it um there's that's its whole whole own fucking snarl up mess if you dive into that so we're going to gloss over that but they have to develop different medicines for different racial groups. Then there's also the issue of um, transplants, organ transplants. This whole m- myth thing, and most white people will laugh about it, but there's people that actually believe this. White people harvest the organs of black people so that they can up their cool factor or be more athletic. And But it doesn't work that way. The odds of rejection between interracial organ transplants is extremely high oh yeah they can't the reason when they draw blood anymore why they call it uh plasma drawing plasma is because it's the plasma that's between the blood cells and then there's something else with it too because you can't safely from one race of man to another do a direct blood transfer because the odds of causing an illness that's on par, actually, with the motherfucker dying in the first place due to a lack of blood, is too high. Oh, yeah. So we can't even share blood. Oh, we don't even have the same diseases because the CDC actually recommends in the state of a collapse, like a societal a, collapse. A complete 
medical infrastructure collapse, I believe. To segregate the races because we have diseases that we just inherently carry that we're basically immune to. Like for us, it would be things like smallpox, black plague that would kill the other races and vice versa. Yeah, they have diseases that would just kill us or they're immune to diseases and therefore they can carry them with no ill side effects, which would kill us. Oh, yeah. And it goes in both directions. Oh, yeah. So there is a lot of evidence actually show that we're completely different species because how does this occur within within a singular species? And then for further naysayers, well, we can breed. A lot of animals in the wild, which are considered different species, can interbreed and they have viable offspring. There are other issues, which is present when you have two different species of man breed. On top of that, um, let me see. I covered the the child thing. Oh, nature. Like, well, this squirrel is a completely different squirrel from this other squirrel because in nature they wouldn't meet each other and, and breed. The same is true of us. In nature, outside of, you know, trafficking people around the world, what are the odds of a person in Europe meeting somebody from Africa or Japan or South America and vice versa. However, in the false world that we live in, it's very common. Oh, yeah. So us being separate species still stands because naturally we would never encounter each other to breed with each other. Oh, yeah. I can walk like 60 feet and knock on the door of a Peruvian because that's the world we live in right now. Right. Which is not natural. No. Okay. I think that covers all the the serious naysayers and the the ones that don't believe it. They, they're never going to, so I'm not going to bother arguing. Yeah. But the thing that fascinates me, and it's something we realized recently, and it really should have been obvious, because if you look at the different eyes mm. of the different races, they're not structured the same. Like, for our people, we have multiple eye colors in mm. the same eye. Like, it's really rare to have just one color in your eye, because our irises are built like starbursts. Right, and then in the same eye, you might have blue, green, and yellow. It's just which color is is dominant oh then yellow being like a golden color oh yeah well it's like people like me that have hazel eyes it's basically like unwrapping the eye color i got to get out in the sun enough and then my actual my eye color shifts right and it'll shift from a darker brown to a golden brown yeah and even gets green highlights yeah so i get kind of like a like a mossy wood eye color or something like that but something like that but there's many different eye colors for our species much like there's many different eye colors for different animals in the north but then that's just like the structure of the eye, how we view color, things like that. And then we started thinking about it and we started looking at how some of the other races are like, how can you not see this or that or that? And we realized maybe we just actually don't see, see the, the same, same things like like uh, we might see in different color spectrums and potentially even light spectrums. We don't I've looked. It doesn't seem anybody's studied into this. Well, like. For instance, we brought it up earlier, the Ameriblack we work with. It's like, how can you not tell the difference? We're black. The Africans are purple. But it's also like um, another interesting thing is the East Asians. So like the Koreans, the Chinese, the Japanese, they will actually say, first of all, they notice our vellus hair. It's yeah. invisible to us. Unless oh, they can see like, it from yards. I've asked several of them because first I'm having a, a conversation with one and they bring it up. I'm kind of embarrassed to bring it up. So I verify by talking to other other Asians completely independent. 
Like, they don't even know each other exist. And really consistently, they all say the same thing. They can see our Bellis hair from yards away. Oh, yeah. Well, it's... And this is the thing, is they can see it so well, because you had this one interaction where you were talking to a white guy trying to explain this. Mm-hmm. And, and then he you, did not believe me. No, and then you... First was, thing I did was I looked around, I found an Asian that I'd talked to her before, and I knew that she wasn't from here, and drug his ass right over there and just point-blank asked her. And then she got really excited, because it's not something that they typically talk about. Grabbed my arm, flipped it over, started patting my arm, back and forth because I don't have really long terminal hair on my arms, but I have a lot of vellus hair. She's like, yes, it's like a golden pelt. Well, this dude, he's pretty hairy. He says, well, Harry, this is Harry. And she's like, yeah, that's Harry. That's not the golden pelt. The golden pelt is this. And then she stro- she's kind of stroking a part on, my, on the underside of my arm where it looks like I don't have any hair to us. She could see it. It even said it's like on my forehead. It's on his forehead because he doesn't have hair on his forehead. But it's everywhere, everywhere, all over us. And apparently, Asians can see it. And it's not just her. There's been guy, uh, other males I talked to, other female Asians from Asia. where So they're, they're more open to being curious and excited about it. Where it seems like the American ones are like, no, we're all the same. I've been taught in school that we're all the same. Well, it's usually one of two things with the ones that have been here a while. Uh, either they are convinced we're the same and just think it's some weird white people thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or alternatively, they've learned to keep it under wraps. Yeah. Because, but this is part of what started the secret. Away, was how the different races process color. Yeah. Because what I started realizing, the similarity between the the golden pelt we all have, the, the vellus hair, the undercoat, was the realization that the Asians are the East Asians are adamant, absolutely positively adamant we have blue hair. Mm-hmm. We're like they're nuts. Well, the the, ra- the the people with really dark hair. The raven-haired. Yeah, the raven-haired. The that, thing, it's actually blue. It's not black. We call it black, but we're wrong. Well, it's actually because something. Because it's actually blue from what they tell me. Well, I actually read this in an old... It was an odd odd thing I read, but it was an old essay that was arguing for the right, I think it was of people that worked either, I forget if it was the line or the trains, but it was in England, and it was an essay arguing for them to be allowed to grow facial hair. And one of, bit of the essay actually brought up that like the, the Middle Easterners, so the chimeras that live there, will dye their beards with henna to get like a reddish or a blue sheen in their beards. They don't have it naturally, but they'll mm-hmm. do that. And the person that he was talking to was a barber, and the barber was like, yeah, but we do that naturally. Like, you can see in, like, this black, this raven beard that it's got a blue sheen to it or a red sheen to Mm -hmm. it, and that's what we have. We don't really have matte black hair. If we do, it's because we dyed it or because the raven hair guy or girl never goes out into the sun. Right. Because with our hair... um. It seems like we kind of have two layers. So we have like the inner layer and the outer layer, which causes this interesting color differential. Mm-hmm. So you have, you can have like which, my, and you could argue like three to four layers of hair. Oh yeah, but it's in general it depends our, on how pedantic you want to be, I guess. Oh yeah, but in general, all of our people seem to have more or less all of the hair. Yes, all of the hair colors. It's is just, just to what degree? Yeah, and where is it? Because, yeah. like, um, you knew a guy had raven hair, really obvious raven hair on the top of his head. Rest of him was, like, red hair. Yeah, glory. it was the typical ginger ginger hair, and it grew in 
like a bush off from his shoulders. <laughs> and he he was a rather hairy fella. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of that one cartoon character with like anyway. But um, basically, with our people. It's much like the bears and the lynxes and the wolves and the squirrels and the foxes. We have all the hair colors. It's just which one's predominant. Right. Like you look at bears, you look and it at varies from individual to individual because you can have entire families of where everybody's just blonde and then somebody comes out darker blonde or brown haired, mousy haired, which is actually just a variation on blonde hair. It yeah. happens. Oh, yeah. Well, it's. Like my family, you have my dad's side of the family, almost entirely wheat-colored blondes, and my mom's side of the family, almost entirely rusty-haired if they're in the sun, or dark brunettes if they're in the light. So, The librarians and the priests have the dark hair. The farmers who go outside have the red hair. Yeah, and meanwhile, both of my sides of my family are known for their equal amount of uh, rednecks and scholars. Yep. Like, you go through my family well, the line. the thing is, is most families have those. Yeah, everyone, ha every family has their rednecks and their scholars. And sometimes it's a redneck scholar. Yes, those are the best. The, the mountain they man are, with they're, the they're triple the axes on his fuck. jug. Everything. But, yeah, with the, um, with the Asians seeing our Velisair, for instance, one of the ideas I had is, um, and I can't prove this, but the shape of their eye might actually be an indication that they... Okay, all color is from the light reflecting off from it. But if they if they pick up more of the reflection, their eyes are focused more on the light differential rather than the color. It's going to they're actually going to be able to see things that we can't see, and we'll see things that they can't see. Oh yeah, and it's again that would be about proportion, it, like the difference between our eyes and a bear's eyes. Oh yeah, a bear very well might see completely different from us. Well, it's it's that inevitable age-old question of is my pink your pink? Right. Is my blue your blue? So the, this might be a question nobody's really thought to ask. But you can actually start to see it in their culture. And the yeah, thing that gave like it away. We, we started looking at art because art is a reflection of how people see the world. And we didn't just stop with the Asians. We went through a lot of different groups looking at their art. And it really does seem like we see the world through completely different eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's not ability, because, like, the Asians can do photorealistic art. Fairly easy, actually. Mm -hmm. um, they're pretty good at that kind of stuff. However, in general, they don't tend to do that for art for their own consumption, their own appreciation. They don't tend to do that. They do that when they're trying to work with Western studios or wet try to get right Western and if customers. you look at what it is that they do they have a tendency to focus more on um what's that called where you contrast got, yes thank you on contrast rather than color blending or color grading or it everything is like sharp and extremely contrasty and honestly it's probably because it looks better to them and it looks good to us too but there's a again it's about proportion like, they really like it, and we just find it kind of cool. But it, it explains, like, with their kanji. They see, like, these really subtle hair stroke things that we don't even detect. Well, and specifically what you're referring to is their calligraphy. Yes. So the art form of depicting, like, katakana, hiragana, kanji, and various other forms of writing from that area. Era, area. But what it is is, because when I look at, like, when they do calligraphy, I'm just like, neat, neat. 
and then I walk away. Unless it's like, I don't know, you know someone who really gets into Asian stuff and they have like the calligraphy for chicken noodle soup on their wall and they think it means like super strength or blessing of the dragon right. or whatever. But I think the reason they're so obsessed with it, that, that intricate, and then why like the brush specifically, because they're obsessed with their brushes. Like our artists get obsessed with their brushes. Them, it's a completely different level. Like the the the. Well, the, uh, I was talking to one guy, and he's like, "You see these these little thin lines," and I didn't see it at first, and then I got in really close. He's like, "Those little thin lines, you think that those are just stray hairs? No, those are there on purpose, and it's done by twisting." And he explained to me the process. He's like, "That is part of the calligraphy. That is part of the the symbol, part of the word." Yes, and if you see a lot of contrast, like the lights and the darks, it would explain why they can see the blue and the raven hair so much because yeah. it's part of the reflection, the refraction of light. And then it's also uh, why they can see the vellus hair because we can't, but they can because it would be just that well, much lighter. Well, we can, but only in very special circumstances. They, To them, it's like we glow in the dark. Yeah, and with that, it's... It explains their calligraphy. It explains a lot of their art style. It's to them, it might even be borderline photorealistic. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, from their perspective, when they're doing what we call photorealistic, they might be doing silly cartoons. Oh yeah. Well, and because we're uh, and we don't know. Oh and yeah. We can't know. No, we can't. But since we're on them, we might as well start with the East Asians, and we can kind of fill ourselves in while. Oh, we're I was going to jump over to the Africans and how it seems that they see. Oh, well, because I, the the eye thing really. Oh, then let's really go ahead and do that me. before we well, move on. Well, with the the East Asians, the, them seeing the way that they do it wouldn't just be the the structure of the eyeball. It'd be the color of the white of the eye and the what would you call it the where the eyelid is the shape of the eyelid, because that funnels that that's part of the light collection so that animals can see, but that shape might make them more susceptible. To seeing those reflections, the uh, that gradient of light. Now, we're we're talking to hyperboreans. Others might be listening in, but we understand how it is that we see. But let's go to Africans. You look at their art, and they have tendency to do, to use a lot of base colors. I don't think this is a lack of inherent skill because some of them can also do photorealistic imagery but when they do it for themselves they have a tendency to use basic shapes and basic vibrant colors so the redder the red the bluer the blue you know put these two things side by side and that seems to be how most of it's done and it makes sense if you think about where they evolved and in africa between the uh not the Sudan, that's a country. Between the savannas and the Sahara. Thank you. Between the savannas, the Sahara, and the jungles. This would actually be... And they're, from talking to them, they're nearly blind in the jungles. Um, because it gets so dark. But if you look at the whites of their eyes, when they start hitting adulthood, the whites of their eyes start turning yellow. Their eye, the color of their eye, the iris, is really dark. It makes sense if you're in savannas and and deserts and even on the edge of the jungles to minimize the amount of light that goes into the eye because otherwise you go light blind. Oh yeah. Because 
just how much sun and reflective and open area there is there, it makes sense that they would actually evolve to minimize the amount of light. This would also lead to vibrant colors popping out more. Like they can actually see them better where the rest of the world might be kind of muted because I guess the equivalent would be like if we lived in perpetual dusk, but every now and then the sun would come out. Yeah, basically, and it makes sense. Yeah, everything's a bit more muted for them, but as a result, the brighter, more vibrant colors are that much more attractive. Yes, and prominent and noticeable. It also explains a lot of their des- personal design choices when they have the option. Yeah, and really, it just be because their eyes don't catch as much color. Why necessarily? Oh, we could speculate all day long, but it does make sense because of the darkened white of the eye and then just how dark the iris is. And, of course, we're talking purebloods. Yeah, because there's a lot of chimeras. Like, a lot of people will be like, well, you see that the blacks slowly evolved into the whites. You can see because the northern ones look like a halfway between the two, like the ones in the Sahara Desert and whatnot. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Maybe, or hear me out. You know how when you pour a color on one spot and then you pour a color on another spot, if they start overlapping, you start getting a different color that's kind of in between the two? How about that? Yeah. And no. Mm. Anyways, and, and really, I think this extends to every species of man. Yeah, and we don't have and, enough examples. Yeah, I don't have enough examples to go through every species of man. Besides that, that'd be hours just talking about eyeballs. Just eyeballs, and we want to get more into more than eyeballs. The the only other one we really kind of discussed was um, the Mesos, the Mesoamericans, mm-hmm. and that we think they mostly see in movement. Not that they don't see other things, but that their eyes are actually focused for movement. Um, is that is that the ones? That, no, Meso means central. So that's like central. Uh, su- su- Southern is what I was talking about oh, before so. with that. And, and the example I used was the temples that was built with the, uh, where as the day moves, it looks like a snake goes up and down the temple. And then a lot of their artwork, as if you stand in front of it, you see one thing. You, you move to the side. It either looks like the thing is moving or it looks like a slightly different image. You're talking about like those, like, uh, let, latin american pyramids right yes. yeah, yeah that that's what i'm talking about and, that's the mesos oh okay um but yeah those pyramids and you got the snake that goes up it and it goes down it and then they got these 3d reliefs which actually seem what you see changes depending on where you're at or if you're moving the reason to do something like that and i'm not even i'm not discussing like the quality of oh they see in blocks because everything's blocking no, no, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the art in general. The only reason to make art like that so early, and they, they do it even better now than what they did way back when. Um, you want a 3D, a 3D image? Oh, go to one of them, like done in just paint. I, I've seen it. It's fucking amazing. And it's not that we can't do it. But they naturally developed it. They really like it, and it makes sense that that's what they how that they see movement. everything is movement. And I've watched them paint, and they move a lot, changing angles, changing light. It's it's not the same. No, and 
honestly, this is going to sound odd, but this is actually what made me realize it. And then you started thinking about like your experience with them. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And what it was, was the take on me video. You know, that really iconic black and white in the movement. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking about like when the movement of the black and white illustrations for us. And there's still the leftovers mm -hmm. of like where he moved last in the animation. I was like, that reminds me of how the Mesoamericans draw everything. Yeah. They draw everything in motion and it's almost like the image itself moves. Almost like if you've ever, when you're a kid and you have those like uh, photos where mm -hmm. if you tilt them they move yeah. because of how they're printed. That, Except that, for they can do it in a two-dimensional. In a still. Uh, yeah, in a still, which is, it's actually amazing. And it's not that we couldn't do it and they can't do what we do. But it, again, we're just talking about what we're naturally drawn to and what it is that we developed. It's like, um, well, ha, 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 the Central and South Americans never developed the wheel. That shows them, well, if you don't need the wheel, you don't invent the wheel. Well, and actually, they did develop the wheel. They just only used it on toys because yeah. there's some records of that. But this is the but other. If you live on mountains, ask the Swiss. Oh, yeah. The, the how, much do you need, how much do you need wheels? Well, yeah, because the Alps didn't really use wheels as much as other areas because it's mountains. Like, you let your freaking cart go unbraked or just the one wrong turn everything goes flying so you use donkeys you use horses you walk Sleds, you, you figure drays. out a pulley system yeah well and honestly i think that they did have a pulley system in south america there's there's a bunch of artifacts down there maybe one day we'll do a a podcast on uh some of the assumptions that archaeologists and paleontologists and so on have have come to and uh there's a lot of room for interpretation. Oh, yes. But that, too, would be its own podcast. We might do it someday. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I really want to try and go down this list, but I want to emphasize just this sheer difference in the perception of reality. The same sensory data being perceived in such a radically different way. Mm -hmm. That's just eyes. And then well, we. And what if we don't even have the same color spectrum or light spectrum? That we see in. Well, we know that different animals see different colors. Mm -hmm. I mean, we even have some of our people that will have, like, uh, eyes that can see ultraviolet. Yeah. But for us, we don't see ultraviolet. So when they paint, because there are, like, all people that can see like that in our people. Into that, the edge of it. Yeah. What ends up happening is they just use these really, really vibrant, like, blues and purples mm -hmm. and, like, cooler colors. And. Well, and just hearing. Um it's documented between males and females. And here's the standard, because typically when they say humans, they mean Hyperboreans. They, we're the standard that science is based on. At from. least in our areas. At least in our areas. Um, but males have a tendency to hear lower registered sounds than females do. Females on the verse side can hear higher registered sounds on average than men, than men do. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like. Every guy has seen that moment where two girls just two girls or two women or whatever get so freaking angry at each other. They just start screeching like harpies. You can't hear a darn word they're saying, but the two females can hear every single swear insult. You're just everything. And they just start going at each other. We all we hear is screeching. Yeah. And all. Uh, yeah. Incomprehensible screeching. Yes. That's why it's called a cat fight. Yeah. It's, that's what it sounds that's what like. It to sounds males. like to, to us. Guys, but on yeah. the same token on the opposite spectrum men's voices can get so low women can't understand us it's right. growling they can hear us but they can't understand what we're saying it, so guys when your woman's like what 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 
take that as a compliment. You're, you're probably speaking in lower registers than what she can actually hear. Oh, yeah. Well, like, so she can hear your voice, but hearing what you're saying is something completely different. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually think part of what's happened with our guys, because this actually happened to me for a bit until I realized it was happening, and then I stopped it and started working the other right. way. But if you've worked in a service job, like where you deal with customers a lot, because of the a lot of female customers, some guys will actually to appear less aggressive because I've actually gotten in trouble right. for this at a job before. Well, actually heighten just their simply voice so that they can hear you. Yes. Yeah, so they can hear you. And so the, for lack of a better term, I'll use a modern one. The Karens don't right. get you in trouble for sounding too gruff. And yeah. Uh, those are just females. that hate men, but there is an issue where, cause my voice, when I completely relax is it's, it's in the basement and being a guy, I worked a lot of third shifts, and w- women come in there, and I'd have to repeat myself four, five, six times until I'd start raising the pitch of my voice. So a lot of guys in the service industry or that just work around women, they will develop a higher-pitched voice so that they don't have to repeat themselves nonstop. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this and, is... and we can understand each other perfectly fine. Actually, it's easier to for men to understand other men that do speak in deeper registers. Oh, yeah, and I'm guessing probably vice versa for women to an extent. But that's just within the same species and the two sexes because we know the sexes are Mm -hmm. different. We've done podcasts talking about this. Um, But when it comes to the different species of men, I think there's a radically different appreciation for different sounds. If you don't believe me, look up things like Chinese opera or... Indian sitar music, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad for right. my uh, ears. I well, mean, they like the it. Thing, people, hyperboreans be like, you're just racist, bro. I love that. No, you don't. You're a liar. You like that after your 17th bong hit of the afternoon. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they're liars. It's, like, I've heard some sitar stuff, and I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? It gets worse when they sing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's interesting. And that's that's as far as it gets. It's it can have some cool little riffs in it because I've heard some stuff played on the sitar before. But guess what? It was it was specifically for white people. Oh, and I've gone off. So on, it used our melodies, our our rhythms, not theirs. Well, it's, I've actually gone off on miniature tirades to people before with if they start bringing up like, oh, this interesting insert not us group instrument. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Name one instrument. From any culture, including European, that is more influential, more impactful, and more varied in its use and users than the piano and the guitar. I will wait. Yeah. I will wait. Well, and the thing is, is I'm convinced now after after digging into this for a bit. And there's, again, there's certain things we just cannot verify because how do you? Like, what does pink mean? Um, but I think that the different species of man see differently, taste differently, hear differently, and potentially even have different uh, tactile oh, yeah. um, understandings. Well, cause like, what does cold mean? Like, I'm standing there dripping sweat. And the other person is freezing. Everyone else that is not Hyperborean is cold. Just freezing. And then I ask all the Hyperboreans, and they're like, yeah, it's okay, it's not hot, but it is a little warm in here. 
all the the non hyperboreans are like you guys are crazy it's freezing in here yeah we don't have the same sense of temperature we don't have the same response i'm guessing to electrical stimuli we don't see the same we don't appreciate the same sights smells well why does tasers work because it injects electricity straight into the body so it's bypassing a lot of stuff going straight after the nervous system it would work if you could get through the elephant's skin it would work on an elephant oh yeah well like most things you just have to adapt it same principle Mm -hmm. like we're not arguing these are like aliens from the black lagoon we're arguing that they're a different mammalian species right as far as i know none of them are marsupials i don't know anymore (laughs) fair enough that well because some of them will flat out keep secrets and then others they just assume everybody else is the same way like with the the crazy amazonian feet oh yeah oh yeah because that's another thing the mesos and the amazonians are two separate species of man they are incredibly adamant about this and after looking into it i can't disagree I, uh, yeah because you've met some Amazonians. well and that's their thing too is if you have east asians from six different groups and they're like this group this group this group they're all related this group this group they're completely different from these other three and they're all agreeing with each other. Oh, yeah. Why should we not believe them? Well, the East Asians, so like the, the Koreans, the Japanese, and Chinese, those are kind of the standout groups. Um, they are very adamant they are different from the Southeast Asians, which I think is like the Laotians, the Vietnamese, yeah. the Thai. They're very adamant these are two separate species. Yes, they look similar, at least to us. They're a- well, they're, they're like, yes, they're Asians, but we are a different species. What is it the um, the East Asians call the Southeast Asians again? Freaking monkeys? Yeah. Well, and I, I didn't believe it. I'm like, no, 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 because the closest thing you got to a monkey that kind of is human-shaped over there is the orangutan. Mm-hmm. And the orangutan is a ginger. It, where, where are all the ginger Asians? And then this freaked me out. It was like a jump scare. I saw this short video where this woman was brushing this little girl's hair, like typical Asian black hair, just brushing it. And then they brushed one behind the ear. And I'm like, that's a weird ear. Is this child deformed? And then it showed the face. And it was an orangutan. <laughs> it was a black orangutan. Right. I didn't know these were. Which th- does happen. And they just don't show us. No. And it, it looks just like Asian hair. Yeah. Well, specifically the Southeast well, Asian and I've hair. Ta- I've talked to different Asians from different areas, that, and I try to get ones not from here. Um, but I've talked to different Asians from different areas, and some are like, I think it was the Vietnamese telling me that they are literally related to the orangutan. Yeah, and I... And then you got other Asians that are like, they are related to an orangutan. We are not. We are a completely different thing. Well, and even... And, the- well, and it was Asians actually that pointed out to me. Have you noticed every mammal in Asia has Asian eyes? And then I started looking, and holy shit, their rats do, their their dogs do. All the animals over there have that eye. Oh yeah. Well, and this is the th- thing that fascinates me about the different races. Once you start looking at stuff like that, because you look at the northern animals. We already brought up that we share the same like hair spectrum with a lot of the same mm-hmm. mammals. It's true of even the Siberian tiger. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm actually not convinced the Siberian tiger is related to the other tigers. I almost to the Indian tiger. Yeah, the Bengal, the the tigers in like Indonesia and stuff. Yeah. I think it's a, almost a 
a convergent uh, evolution. Yeah, I think most things are actually convergent evolution. Because their stripes aren't the same. Their fur isn't the same. They have a beard. The physical build is not the same. Most Everything n- is different. Well, most northern animals have a beard. Mm-hmm. It's just they have thicker fur everywhere. It would be like if we had the thick mane beard, but then we had... Also a lot of back hair, neck hair, chest hair. Hypertrichosis, but with a beard. Because this is another thing a lot of people don't realize about people with hypertrichosis, and I hadn't really thought about it myself. Um, Hypertrichosis, they don't really have a beard. What they have is the hair on their face was already growing, so it didn't turn into a beard because any guy can tell their beard hair is different from their head hair. Yeah. So if you have effectively head hair or like chest hair throughout your whole body... um, it's not the same. Well, and for Hyperboreans to have a uh, to be considered to have hypertrichosis, there's this T mark, where if hair is there, then you have hypertrichosis. Other than that, you can have hair right up to your eyes, down all over your ears, all over your body. That's just normal well, hair it, growth. Don't worry about it. There's actual disagreements on whether or not Hyperboreans, our species, can get hypertrichosis because the only difference between someone with hypertrichosis and someone without hypertrichosis is how long the hair is. Yeah. Because that T is not even a T because a unibrow doesn't give you hypertrichosis. Right. So it's actually like a T that's been disassembled. Yeah. So like uh, the... The bridge of the nose and just over the brow ridge. Just over the brow ridge. Because you can have your hair just almost no forehead. But so long as that little bit right above the forehead, yep. the, then, the then brow ridge. It's, that's normal hair, hair growth for a, uh, Anything, a hyperborean. But you look at hypertrichosis on, other, on the other species of man... If they just have a hairy back, it's hypertrichosis. It's hypertrichosis. Well, it's like my aunt fucking Wilma has more hair on her back than that. <laughs> well, and this is the other thing is a lot of times when the other races get it, they also get this weird discoloration to their skin. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a birthmark. Yeah, they get a, well, and actually quite a, I was looking into it and there's a whole series of skin disorders that goes with hypertrichosis. Which, again, lends to the argument that white people or hyperboreans can't get hypertrichosis because we don't get those skin conditions, which some of which are lethal. Yes. It's really we're just a really hairy person at that point. Yes, that's it. So now tell me again that there's only one race, the human race. There is. That's us. And then the others are completely different species. And they are whatever it is that they name themselves. Oh, yeah. Well, and for uh, simplicity's purposes, that's why I'm using these names, like the East Asians, just to kind of do another quick overview of them. They're, they're probably the Asians you think of the most. You've got the Japanese, the Koreans, and the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And But what about the Dravidians? They're Asian, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll save them. We'll save them for a bit later. But the East Asians... One of the interesting things I found is, and this is partly why I buy it, because it's embarrassing if white people tried to claim this, if our people tried to claim this. Uh, Because you've talked to some really traditional ones, like the Taoist monks and whatnot. And they'll even bring up, like, most of the Taoism you see, that's not real Taoism. It's a lot like most of the paganism you see is not real paganism. Yeah. Um, You know it when you see it. Yes. But they're... The way they described it was their people are native to the plateaus and mountains of Asia, which are, interestingly enough, if you start looking at the mountains and plateaus of Asia, are really, really similar to the skin color of the Asians. Yeah. And then they have... 
phenomenal jumping and like acrobatics because well, they have part of the, yeah the three extra muscles in each knee yes well they don't technically have three extra muscles and that's how you know they're lying they they have extra bits in their knees yes and then technically is almost always accompanied with bullshit yes but they actually described this themselves and i have no reason to doubt them because this was already my best guess they are either descended of some kind of monkey so I don't know if that's like the snub nose or whatever they think is the closest related. Yeah, whatever they pick, I'll go with. Or my personal pick, this odd kind of large mountain rat that climbs up and down the mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense. Well, and rodents have effectively hands, and they're really good with like m- using them. Right. Like people will say, well, no, they don't. They don't have thumbs. What do you call that then? It's just like an extra paw finger. Uh-huh. Yeah, out the side of the paw, like a thumb, and it works the same way as a thumb. Well, you see, that's just a that finger. It's not a thumb. Well, but but like they don't actually have fingers. It's a saying. toe. It's a toe. Yeah, yeah. An arm. It's a toe, toe too. A if tier, we walked on a all female tier. Yeah, it, it. It's a lot of. They just don't want to admit what it is. Yeah. But well, kind of like it's something that's going on on X right now. Jesus is a Jew. No, he's not. They just don't want to admit it. Same way with rats having thumbs. Oh, yeah. Well, and that brings us to one of the races we haven't mentioned yet, and it's because we have next to nothing on them. It's actually, we haven't met one, and it's... Oh, yeah. yeah, The one that... We use the name, well, for what we have for a name for them all the time, but we're actually referring to the chimeras that live there. It would be much the same as if we were describing all of the mestizos right. and the chimeras of a Latin pure America. pure blood Semite is what we don't have much on. And we could actually call them the, the Ifrit. Um, the Ifrit or the Jinn. Yeah, because that's actually kind of what they're equated to when you start looking at some of the shit that's over there. And they're like, oh, they're the Ifrit. But they're the actual Semites. The chimeras have adopted their name. Oh, yeah. Well, it's much like... Uh, this is actually really common across the board. Like Buddhism and other universalist faiths when they moved into East Asia made the Taoist monks much the same as they made our wise men and wise women, the witches in Europe. Yeah. They made them wicked and evil and they did dastardly deeds and they started combining them with different spirits. The same thing happened in the North. The gods and the people and the dead all became kind of conjoined and they manipulated what the fae is. Well, and I'll refer to the people that live there currently as Semites because that's what they call themselves. I don't know if a true Semite exists anymore. There's legends of them, but is it true? I don't know. Well, and the reason we said they kind of look like the Ifrit or the Jinn or whatever, minus the blue skin, like we're not talking about Robin Yeah, they, they're Dini, supposed Dini. to be like golden, like the, like the sand. Yes, so they have like sand-colored skin, so golden, and then they had black hair but it billowed like yeah, smoke but really light it yeah really, not what they have now yeah like if you look at most of your semites now their hair is heavy and it's not because they put oil in it's just because their hair is heavy it's even heavier than the hyperborean hair for some reason but the the actual semite is supposed to have light hair not color but light as in texture and it billows and moves around a lot um so it Kind of like basically catch the, it catch catch the wind and yeah might resemble smoke. Kind of like the gin or the freet. Right. And then this is the other thing. A lot of the purebred semites, the descriptions we found, involve a lot of tattoos and a lot of scarification. Yeah. So 
That starts to sound pretty similar to uh, an Ifrit or a Jinn. Right. And, and the thing is, is, admittedly, there's not very much on it. You almost have to trip over it. Which is what and we as, did. Uh, yeah, and as soon as you look away from it, the information's gone again. Yep, and basically the bit we've been able to find, and they did have facial hair, but specifically, mm -hmm. this is interesting, the sides of their head. Yeah. They had uh, what we would, I guess, call mutton chops or really big sideburns. Sideburns. Really big sideburns, which kind of explains the very odd wording of some of their well, shaving Well, it rules. also ex explained why the current Semites say that you're not supposed to shave your facial hair. With the exception of your mustache. And most of them just hack their mustache right off. Yep. And it's an attempt to look like the actual Semites, I think. That, that'd be my guess. Well, and it also explains why they would have a no tattoo rule, a no scarification right, rule. Right, which is to differentiate themselves. Yeah, and much the same thing that happened, I'm guessing, because I'm guessing what the Jinn and Nefrit were. If there wasn't already, much like there's the Fae and Elves, mm -hmm. and then the gods kind of just got shoved into that category to kind of... It muddies the water. Yes. I don't know if that was the case because I don't know enough about that kind of mythology. Or if it was just um, calling them that to vilify them, and then combining that with the lore of their gods and spirits and whatnot. Because that seems to be roughly kind of what happened with werewolves in yep. Europe. Because the werewolves, if you start looking into the oldest lore, and this is also true of, like, witches and wizards and even possibly vampires. Yeah. Um, Although the vampire would have came later, but yes. But that they are just descriptions of wild or untamed us. The heathens. Yes, the heathens. Uh, some of them would be hermits. Some of them would be wise people. Some of them would be doctors. Some of them would be... Uh, hunters and and fighters and the the whole spectrum as just a way for the giant air quotes civilized people to describe these monstrous heathens well and then a lot of people have come to a reasonable conclusion that the werewolf is connected to the berserk which yeah. just means bear shirt but in modern english berserk refers to the state of mind the berserk it's not you're a berserk it's the berserk the, right. the state this is a fun fact. Everyone's going to mushrooms or some sort of drum circle or whatever the frick people are into these days. It's just a state we can get into. Yeah. Like, they will actually... One of the reasons they will send... I so think the new word for it is the flow. And, and you can hit it by getting extremely angry. Most of us have done it. But you don't have the control there. You end up breaking bones. Right. However, you can get into the flow and you actually move beyond emotion it's anybody that's done done the flow you're feeling all of the emotions and none of them at the same time you're kind of disconnected from but everything is just super real oh yeah but well, yet you're disconnected well the way i've kind of heard it described and you've described it this way as well is it's almost like a third person game mm -hmm. which i think might be part of why that's so popular with our people yeah but it's um like a third person video game specifically right but they've written about it happening on the battlefield it's we've hypothesized this is part of why they send so many of our people into meat grinders is to try and trigger they're the hoping that we will go berserk and destroy the enemy yes they're, they're trying to initiate it but they don't understand what causes it and then yes we can go into all kinds of other political and nefarious things with that but you go back far enough we our people have been thrown into a meat grinder's long long before any of this other shit happened they was throwing peasants and 
just shit tons of men at arms just into losing battles into just fucking meat grinders and then every now and then the magic happens oh, yeah. or the weirding happens yes well we went we did a, a whole thing on what weird craft versus magic is yeah but that's an innate trait to our people it's like a power up if you were like a D D race right uh like a special class uh race specific quality um, yeah, a race-specific quality that you got to roll for. Yes. Well, and like the eight, you've talked to some of the Asians. They'll actually admit that a lot of what their meditation and crap. But basically, they have to take the extra steps. They're trying to achieve what it is that we do naturally. Yes. And that's where like Bushido and some of this stuff, well, maybe not Bushido itself, but some of the tenets and ideas of it. Yeah. They're trying to train their own people to think closer to us. Yes. And, and the thing is, like, with most of the Japanese, especially the, the upper-end businessmen, they're like, yes, Japanese think like Japanese. They can never think like the Hyperborean, like the European. We're just fundamentally different. And one of the examples I saw was, and it, it makes sense why they would think different if they see different, if they hear different, if they their sensations are different. Of course, the entire mind is going to think differently because it has different inputs well but the I, I was watching a interview with a high like a ceo type guy japanese and he was talking about how japanese know how sky rises are built japanese put sky rises together but they can't actually build them they need the hyperborean to actually build it because when they try to do it on their own it goes crooked it falls over or it collapses under its own weight even though they know fundamentally how to do it they know all the steps but here's the difference the the ground that this one is built on is on solid bedrock this other one is only on half bedrock we can adapt the building set still all the weight is on the bedrock they can't. They have to follow the directions, period. They can recreate to us, fine, but... Yeah, to us, the directions are more of a guideline. Which Hyperborean male or even female, when following the directions, forgot half the steps, made up the other fucking half, and it still works. Oh, Why? Yeah. Because we are, we're, we're weird like that. We're excellent. We can just do it. Well, and this is just for differences in one racial group. Because, like, the East Asians get lumped together mm -hmm. for good reason. Well, from our perspective, well, it and makes sense. Same as they lump all of us together. And there's definite differences between Gales and Germans and Meds and oh, yeah. Scandinavians. We know that there's a difference, but they lump us all together. So, turnabout's fair play. Oh, yeah. Well, and then with, their, with them, just to do an example, you have the Japanese who have actually said that every once in a while they got to go back to China and just slaughter a bunch of them and get them back in line. Yeah. And it's odd because you look at history and it says, oh, the Chinese went to Japan over and over. And I guess that happened. I'm not an expert in Asian history. Uh, uh, I'm going off of yeah, what they It goes me. in both directions other than uh, conquering and slaughtering. Yes. But the Japanese go over. They get them under control. They come back. And this is a difference. Like the Japanese, we just described how they build like high rises and whatnot. The Chinese have the tofu building problem. Yes. So it's it you could call it a cultural difference, but it's really prolific for it to just be a cultural issue. Yeah, here. dude, it is I think it's deeper. I think that they've actually split. I think Japanese to, to Chinese 
is a case of divergent evolution. Like, honestly, I think Gale to Scandinavian to Germanic to Med to Slav, all these are cases of divergent evolution. With us, it's almost non-existent because we're not interchangeable, but we are pretty damn close. There's way more similarities than dissimilarities. You take Hyperboreans and East Asians. That's a case of convergent evolution. But between the Japanese and the Chinese, it appears a significant divergence has happened. Well, I think it might be partially the Ainu. Because the Ainu, it's even admitted by the Asians, and you'll find some old depictions where the Ainu are blonde, blue-eyed, red Red hair, hair. brunette, really hairy. Uh, Like, they used to actually depict them as bears before they started depicting them as humans when they were really weakened. They admit, like, the Asians will just straight up admit, like, the barbarians in the north, the shrimp barbarians, the Amishi, the Ainu, whatever you want to call them, they were us, our species. Now us they were as in Hyperboreans, yes, not, they, not they, us as in Japanese. Well, it's one of the things that bugs me. Like, people will be like, oh, yes, there were white people there. Yes, but they were a specific tribe of Hyperborean. Mm-hmm. It's much like when people are like, oh, the Egyptians, they were, yes, 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 but they weren't Germans. They weren't Scandinavians. They weren't Slavs. They weren't Irish. No, they were... The Egyptians, the whites that were there, were Egyptians or whatever they were called then. Right. Much like the Ainu or Amishi or whatever they were called before that or whatever they called themselves before they went extinct. Uh, They are their own tribe. And we used to be throughout the north. Like you look at basically the lands of the north. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at them from like the flat map, look at it from the angle of the north. They're all connected. Oh, yeah, if you look at the Earth, uh, like there's the pseudo-globe things, and you're looking down, like you're looking down on the North Pole, you can see the North. We never left. It's, it's, while it's not one contiguous landmass, it is pretty damn close. Oh, yeah. Well, and this we is... never left our home. No, we just I... came in through the other direction. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's... I've actually talked to people about this, and it doesn't require Atlantis or Icelandia to to make it fit. Because, first of all, the ice caps alone connect it. There are Arctic foxes that will travel from Scandinavia to Canada. Mm-hmm. Same with polar bears. Around with, and over the North Pole. Yes. Or the Arctic cap, if you prefer. And there's also the Bering Straits. Because mm-hmm. you can see Alaska... From Russia, from I think it's Kamchatka, that area uh, over there. Yeah, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, on a clear day, you can see across. Oh, there's, there's, or what about animals crossing? It doesn't even require a, the Bering Straits. It's such a thin difference. All it requires is either the willingness to swim or a really cold winter where things kind of freeze over. Or I don't know, let's go with the ridiculous thing of there was a massive, I don't know, plant yeah, matter. It, it doesn't require a land bridge. It just requires the willingness to go across. Yeah. And whether out of desperation or just lost your way, because if it's frozen in the winter, losing your way is actually really likely. Oh, yeah. Um, Desperation would be would be animals or people swimming it in the summer months. That would be desperation because it is a long fucking way. Or it could be on a, I bet you can't do it, I guess. Well, it's like Russia. But ha- you can see across well, from the, the, what is it, the 
westernmost part of Alaska to the easternmost part of, is it Siberia or Russia proper? Yeah, Siberia, sure. basically. It, it is still Russia. You can but... see across it. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think, it, it's something a lot of people forget. Even I don't really think about it very much, but people remember that we bought Alaska from Russia. Yeah. So Russia got to Alaska before we did. It basically, they just dog sledded across. They rode a moose or a bear. Yeah, with, something. With they their, grabbed a hold of that really long cool mustaches. eagle and, and just, flew just, across. Just Slavic drum music from YouTube videos <laughs> playing as they crossed. Well, and there's a, a lot of other races of man, too, like we was talking earlier about the, uh, the Samoans again and their hair. Their hair is black at first glance. Under the the right light, it starts looking purplish, greenish, like seaweed. Like seaweed. Well, and this is a whole nother thing. So let's let's back up here and get right into the Samoans because they are fascinating. All right, hold on just a second. I gotta click some buttons. All right, there we go. The buttons all pressed. Okay, so Samoans. Yes. So the interesting thing about the Samoans is you've actually met a few purebreds, tiny and two brothers. Specific, two of them specifically. Tiny and his brother. And here's the funny thing. Tiny was huge. What was yeah. it, like seven, eight feet tall? Well, he wasn't eight feet, but he was, I think he measured in at six, nine, six, ten. And it he was just tiny. absolute beast. And I thought it was like, like if we named somebody tiny. Yeah, it's it's ironic until right. you saw his brother. Yeah. And tiny he, he was, was tiny. His name was tiny because he was short. Yes. For a Samoan, six foot nine for males specifically, because this, the females are much smaller. Yeah. Well, and it's not like his brother was eight foot, eight feet tall, but I think his brother actually was in the seven foot. So he's like seven, one, seven, two, which doesn't seem like a huge difference, but that's, that's like a six inch difference. Oh, yeah. It, the thing with the Samoans is there are almost no purebreds left. I think they gave you a number in the low thousands, um, like 500 to a thousand, something like that. And. <laughs> Uh, they was most adamant that these other people on Hawaiian islands calling themselves Samoans are not real Samoans. No, they're, uh, what did they say? Basically, the, the currents end they up... They called them ship, uh, shipwrecks. Yes, basically, uh, the currents in the Pacific, if you don't specifically sail against them... Will they just, just kind of wash you up in that area. Yeah, but the freaking... From any direction. The tropical hell of Hawaii. Yes, and that's what they are. They're a chimera of many different races. That's what and, the Hawaiians are. And I'm not a sailor. They clearly were. I mean, you could see it all over them. They know the ocean currents. They know how to sail. Because if anybody's ever met a sailor, you can spot a sailor. Uh, these dudes knew the water. Well, and so why why should I not not believe them, especially when you can look up simple things like uh, what is that? Trade routes, trade currents. You can look up trade currents. It actually does go right by Hawaii. Well, and the interesting thing with the Samoans is they're water people. Mm -hmm. They're not island people. They're water people. Right. They're water people who go to the islands. They don't live on islands and go to the water. This might seem like a very minor detail, but it is absolutely massive. It's as massive as the difference between a warrior who farms and a farmer who goes to war. Oh, yeah. No, like our people, we will, while we have our sailors, the water is the means of getting from land A to land B. Yeah. For them, land A or land B is just a stock up point for the rest of the sea. 
And only if things went horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, because they can collect. From what I understand, they might spend years at sea and never, never stop on land. Well, because they don't need to. The way they described it, based on what you've said and some of the bits I've looked into, is the sea, like the sections of the sea, are as distinct to them as like a forest is to us, a mountain range. It is, they notice these things. They notice the, the water underneath. They notice the animals underneath. The Well, it's not that they can drink uh, salt water either. They can. They can tolerate more of it than we can. But, and this is also fairly easy to verify, there are freshwater pockets in the ocean. Freshwater enough. Well, like your ancestors, they had a story of getting sweet water from the sea. You just yes. have to put the bucket down. You far have enough. to know where it is. Yes, and then you have to go down far enough with the bucket. Right. And or there's, there's a it. trick to it, and it's actually really neat. But yeah, mo- we're taught in general there the ocean is just salt water, and this is true. There's different levels of uh, salination, I think the word is, but it's got different levels of saltiness, of well, brine in it, and some of it is. Sweet water, which means it's fresh water, well, trapped with uh, trapped in pockets in the ocean. Well, and the interesting thing with Samoans is they are also, like I mentioned, water people. They don't like being on firm land. No. So, like when they were here, it was actually painful for them. Yeah, because well, not painful as such, but they found it rather weird, distressing, distressing. Kind of like if you got into a small boat. Uh, uh, where there's high waves and uh, the boat's kind of rocking all over the place. Well, not high waves because that, that will throw you. But <laughs> where there's significant waves and it's rocking you all over the place, imagine that being your normal state and then you get onto a surface that does not rock at all. It's going to be uh, disorienting. Well, and they can feel the water under the earth to an extent like yeah. the coast they can actually feel it on the islands they well, can and feel so it. can we once we know what to feel for but i suspect that they feel it more strongly than we do because if you go to say lake michigan like here on lake like uh superior and you get on the beach you can actually feel the waves before you can see the beach you can feel it in the dirt but for them, it's like the opposite. It's like we can kind of, when we feel the, the soil under the water, whereas for them, it's like feeling the water under the soil. Basically, they're... Yeah, they're, just invert it. Yes. And that's one of the things I find fascinating about the Samoans, and then their sheer size, and this is some other interesting things about Well, them. and their women are small. Yeah. Just so small, but it makes sense if the guys are spending most of their time in the water... Hunting, hunting effectively hunting it in the water and you got boats well it makes sense for them to be big because you don't have to be immensely strong but you, weight helps and then being a bigger predator in the water is also going to help keep you from getting attacked by you know the predators that's in there so size matters but for the women who aren't participating in that size matters because the amount of space that you have to move around is rather limited. Well, and if you end up Googling like Polynesians or Samoans, which is what we're specifically talking about, because apparently roughly around Samoa, they were they were really secretive about what island. But yeah, it's somewhere in the Polynesian, maybe near Samoa, but they kind of described it's not themselves. called Samoa. I, no. I asked. They're like, no, 
It's it's not the island of Samoa. No, but they are keeping their women under watch because they have to protect them because there's too many chimeras. There's too many not them in their small area in comparison to a lot of other things, mm-hmm. especially because they're not able to do sea routes like they naturally would. Right. And they're cut off due to uh, shipping lines, shipping lanes. Well, and then there's so they're just not allowed to go out there because it'll interrupt the shipping lanes and the, the Navy actively keeps them from doing that. And the thing with the Samoans is they are naturally water going, but they're also they claim to be porpoise people. Yeah. And this is actually one of my giveaways for when people are. And being, whether it's true or not, the blowhole thing, whether it's just due to the thickness of their neck and it makes this indentation it's a cool ass story yes it is badass well and that brings us to their weird blowhole indentation that they showed you because their neck muscles actually have this weird little gap where it looks like almost like a blowhole used to be yeah that that's that's kind of what it looks like is and it could just be a development of the the neck muscle and all this but does it matter does it really matter no. And these people are so aquatic, again, does it really matter? Well, and then their face, because if I had to tell someone to look up a picture, it would be Maui from Moana. Yeah, that's as close as you're going to get. That's as close it's as like these people are, are It's they're not camera shy because they've sh- they showed me pictures of their village, of their family. They showed me pictures, but it's like Google is allergic to showing these images. Like a happy white family. Yeah, like like a happy white family you're just not gonna find it well and what it is is if you start just googling like polynesian or samoan you're probably gonna end up with um you'll end up with the ship the shipwreck people yeah the fat hawaiians uh the rock jason momoa those sorts of people yeah you're not gonna end up well and that's why so many people are like oh the samoans are asian they're not asian they don't look remotely asian once you see a real samoan the ones that you're that are put forward as the samoans or the descendants of the samoans those are according to the ones i met the shipwreck people and a lot of those do come from asia which is why they look very asianish well it's like the micronesians someone be like oh the dark micronesians shipwreck people yeah by history yeah yeah they're the this whole mystical we're not, we're, we're not trying to attack the Hawaiians and say they're not a real people. Well, no, if you live there long enough, you are, but you're just not this other thing. And we can document entire peoples. They got there by shipwrecks. Yes. Well, and a lot of people will go, oh, the Micronesians have such a unique blood. Li-. No, it's the, just shipwreck people. Yeah, this isn't they, they just washed up on shore and they was lucky to not drown. Well, and the Samoans are also some interesting other fun facts about their physicality. Along with being big, they have fat, but it's a different kind of fat. It's yeah. almost like blubber. And then their skin color is basically the color of like beach sand. So they can combine yep. with their seaweed hair. They got like a camouflage thing going on. And then on top of that, their skin is almost like a porpoise or a dolphin. Yeah, it's kind of rubbery. And then I, I was wrestling with them too. And as a... They don't really sweat the same way that we do, but and they was as freaked out about it as I was, is I could literally just palm them and move them like they stuck to my hand. And this is a good segue 
to the animal that we're typically associated with. Because while the common idea that most people have is we're all chimpanzees. We're all apes. Yes. Um, Our lore, and we've looked into this and it seems more and more true. Yeah, and it's, it's in a lot of places. Bear people. We are descended of the bear or a bear-like creature. Yeah. It's not just one or two countries that think this either. It's in the folklore all across Hyperborea, all oh. across Europe, all across all of our lands that were descended of the bear of bears. Well, they, there the, are cousins, there are brothers, there are mother. grandfather. Yes, and the th- there's even stories of like the bears uh, licking one of their cubs into the shape of a man. So, or uh, the half bear, half human story that happens a lot in mm-hmm. our lands, and they're usually heroes, and they're basically just stronger people that are hairier. But the bear actually makes a lot of sense, and it we we tried to disprove it because it sounded so nonsensical. Oh yeah, and we looked more and more, and it's like no, the hair color's correct. If you ignore we the bear, we got into biology, like even a semen. Yeah, well, the, we wasn't playing sperm. with it, but it, yeah, yes, we the, were the not sperm. playing with bear semen. No, uh, but the sperm. It's, of, it, there's documentation on it that we came across, and uh, physically to look at it, you cannot tell the difference between a hyper hyperborean sperm and a and a brown bear sperm. They well, look the same. Well, and the thing with brown bears is brown bears in Europe, brown bears in America, and black bears are effectively the same species. Mm-hmm. Because if you take a black bear and you put it in a brown bear area, eventually their offspring become right, brown there bears. Was, uh, was it the 80s or the 90s? The, they took a bunch of black bears from Michigan, put it out west because the brown bear is endangered, and they're going to help bolster the numbers, and enough breeding will go on. Well, after a couple of years, all the black bears disappeared, and they're like, okay, this is not enough time for them to integrate what happened to them. They did it again, and then they noticed over the course of, uh, one breeding season, actually, the black bear cubs were brown bears. And then they're like, oh, the sows must be mating with the brown the brown bear boars. And that's why they're having cubs that look like brown bears. Other than then they noticed, no, the black bears were still mating with the black bears. It's just due to the environment. They're now coming out as brown bears and even getting as big. And then the parents, over the course of a couple years, evolved, I guess, into a brown bear. They was indistinguishable from a brown bear. They just looked smaller than a brown bear because they didn't grow up there. So they just looked like small brown bears. Well, it's the, like an- the pelt color changed. The, some of the, uh, the facial structure, skull stru- stru- structure actually changed. And the, the fur patterning changed. Epigenetics. Yes. Interesting. Well, it's like my brother. My brother, you'd think he'd look much like me. No. Long, uh, sandy blonde hair, blue eyes, like five foot two, skinny. Yeah, he's short. Yeah, he looks, basically what he is, is he's a city version of my family line. Yeah, like like a city version that's been living in cities for thousands of years. Yeah, he, he is small. He looks like an urban person. I don't. I look yeah. more like a country person. I don't know why. But that, that this is same parents. No one thinks we're related. And this is my blood relative. I grew up with Asians. But this is the fascinating thing is the more we look into it, like there have been murder cases started because people found brown bear paws that were uh, 
decomposing. Yeah. And they look just like human hands. Bears can handle things with their claws and their paws just like human hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've met some people. Frick, your grandfather was so hairy that his he had to shave his hands because the hair would grow until it looked like he had bear paws. Yeah. And then... That's before getting into talking to the other races and they're being like, yeah, you're not monkeys. I don't know what it is. And then we're like bear people and they just cock their head and they start looking like, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. You're and they, bears. They get excited because they're like, you're not monkeys. We know you're not monkeys. Well, and every people's has a, an origin story of what they came from. It, and these origin stories don't mean literally that we came from bears. No. Means that we awesome bears developed side by side and probably came from something very similar like a common ancestor uh, yeah potentially a common ancestor potentially literally but also metaphorically so it's like all these things all at the same time it doesn't mean that we are bears and that we're interchangeable and you take a bear you put him in a suit then you get a man no because he's still a bear if i could walk with the animals talk with right. the animals but this is why it's interesting is because the porpoise people or the, the sea whale people and then the bear people interact. You have a polar bear situation because polar bears will straight palm the whales and stuff they hunt. Yeah. So they, they don't use their claws. They straight up palm them. And they, uh, yeah, because I was ta- talking about wrestling. They, uh, they was as freaked out as I was because I could actually get a really firm grip on them just with my palm not using my fingers at all almost like a bear like hunting just stuck almost like velcro almost like a bear hunting a beluga yeah. and it's fascinating to me i love this stuff and it's because they are not us and that makes them so much more interesting mm-hmm. we're not just trying to figure out well how did the human race evolve into so no no it's a completely different species well and this is also neat because wrestling with a hyperborean we get slippery as fuck Uh, like holding on just it's got to go with joint locks because grips just ain't working no because we just become too slippery and can't get a good grip like that but with the with the uh samoans yeah just straight palm them and it was weird it's like stuck to them oh yeah it's because of their skin because like our skin will get like pruned fingers if we're in the water too Mm -hmm. long and it helps us with grip and then we go back to normal after we're out of the water for a while. They don't need to do that. Their skin is just sticky automatically. Yeah, they just, like boop, they just grab. They shit. just grab stuff under the sea. Yeah. But on top of all these interesting things about them, they're still this separate thing. Like I hope they don't go extinct because we have pretty yeah. much no overlapping beef with them. There's no potential really, even unless we get kind of greedy and decide we want some tropical right. islands and for the coconut thing milk. Is, is it's not really in our nature. We've been told over and over and over again about all the genocides that we caused. Name one, please. I will wait. In fact, most of the areas we took over have more people there now than when we yeah, were Yeah, of the original tribes that, that we warred with. Well, and talking to the, the Injuns, because that's another group we haven't brought up. And the reason we haven't brought them up is there is so much misinformation of the noble savage, the yeah. red man. And part of that is because a lot of their stuff has been Christianized or European stuff has been made into Injun stuff. Right. Like, Well, and here, here's basically what happened. They was conquered. Then the church steps in and says, we'll civilize those people for you. And the government's like, sure, go ahead. 
then the church eradicated their history and then they went looking for their history because their history was completely eradicated as much as can be done by the church and what do they do what do we do we we start share well have you ever had a story yeah we gave them stories and even before the conquering and that our stories were still already kind of insinuated in there because they met french trappers they met uh spanish spanish trappers and and traders and military people and Trading goes on and warring goes on. Conversations goes on. Shit happens where they end up communicating with each other. Stories get shared. And then a few generations go by and you might have one say, oh, well, my father told me this story. But a French trapper told his father that story. Well, and then this gets into the issue with a lot of the stories after we show up. Because one of my favorite little tidbits to bring up is... The Ainu, because there was this uh, travel record I was reading where this guy was talking to the Ainu, and he was talking to this chief, and the chief told him the story of the great flood of the Ainu. And the guy was smart enough to probe the chief because what he was doing was he was trading basically booze for stories. And the guy eventually said, and he meant no malice. He just thought white people liked hearing the story because by this point the Ainu were mostly chimeras, if not just straight-up Asians with uh, Ainu blood. Um that the the Europeans coming, that they just liked hearing this story of the Great Flood because he heard it from one of the first Europeans to show up. Right. And, well, what they like that guy was the first guy to ask him where the story came from. Yep, just like that first guy to show up and tell him the story of the Great Flood was the first person to tell him it. Yes. So there's all of these, especially the Abrahamic stories because there's a bias involved, Mm that are getting repeated in traditional cultures that didn't have these stories to begin with. Well, and for the for the the Indians, the North American Indians, the Turkey Feather Indians, the Yeah, Indians, the Turkey Feather Indians. There's some of them that they're legit trying to rebuild their cultural story, their cultural framework. They're running into a problem that we run into. Um Christians, for instance, getting in there and saying, oh, that's not a thing. You had the, the, the great spirit, the one true great spirit God. And then you got academics that go in there and who saw a thing, didn't understand a thing, repeated a thing. And now they're while in within that is the truth. It's it's not true. Well, and the, the context, the nuance is just lost to time. And they're rediscovering it because they're they're still the same people. Oh yeah, like the oh the the Native American has such a such a connection to nature. Their dogs run wild with them, and the Native Americans are like, I'm supposed to like dogs, but I fucking hate that thing. Well, yeah, because the do- the res dogs will actually hunt them. Yes, because the dogs know they're not us. Dogs don't have uh, social conditioning to think they're us. Oh, no, I'm a Native American, and I have a dog. That thing isn't a dog when it's 10 pounds. No, anything below 30 pounds is a cat. And the thing is, dogs are pretty friendly, so yeah, of course. But in general, I mean, it's a joke if you watch um, Native American, uh, Native Americans, if you watch the uh, the American, 
American Indians uh, on YouTube. A lot of them, it's like an ongoing joke, and they're like, this is funny, we're joking about it, but it's true. Well, it's The like, res dog is a thing. Well, like, there's stories that are often attributed to the Amera Indians, the Indians, of them being descended of bears. Mm-hmm. This is nonsense. The bear was basically a demon to a lot of them. Yeah. Far far more often than not, and I'm inclined to believe that's actually the the truth of it. But let's get into the physicality of them. Oh, the, the American Indian, he grows his hair out long so the wind can speak to him. Yes, because they don't have Bella's hair. This is why the uh, the Hyperborean can shave his head and Be- still tell what direction the wind comes from. Oh, yeah, our Velis hair. Because also- our Velis hair tells us. And that just lands into we're, we're sensing the same thing, but in two completely different ways, which actually means that we're not sensing the same thing. We're, bo- we're both sensing wind and air pressure. But the sensory input is so fucking different you have to wonder, are we actually feeling the same thing? Yep. I would hazard to guess, no. It's the, maybe the colors of the wind is a bit more accurate. Yeah, I mean, the colors of the wind might be a literal fucking thing for them. I have no idea. I do not have American Indian eyes so that I can see the wind blow through the air. Well, a lot of the clouds and trees. A lot of the engines actually had specific haircuts. They weren't doing the whole. Yeah, yeah. They didn't all have the long hair. Some of them did, but yeah, some of them did. But most of them actually cropped their hair or even tore it out like and would create patterns like they would literally pull it out of their head. Well, like the the one that's like on the crown, I guess. Yeah, there's a few different patterns that they did, like mohawks or uh a weird horse tail looking thing. And then they had the one that went from like ear to ear up the top, but nothing in the front or back. And there's a few different patterns. Well, and that brings us the tribal uh, tribal markers is honestly what I think a lot of that was probably. Well, it's like, um, it's ha- hard to hide. Well, and our hair for us, one, we have the undercoat, the Velis mm-hmm. hair, but then we also have substantial body hair. Only a, I only know of one other race that has that without, like, a weird thing going right. on. Just, dudes, just because you're not covered in hair doesn't mean that you're a freak. No. No, you could, that we have people that... We have that, the full spectrum. Yeah, we have the people that look like bears from 20 paces and the people that shimmer in the sun because they got nothing. Right. Um, except for the Bellis hair. Yeah. But for our people, we have the beards, which for us are typically way thicker yeah, than anything. Yeah, the beards are, actually seem to be the male tribal marker by far oh yeah because like an alpine beard like mine really different from yours yes but the hair of a hyperborean just in general is rarely straight everyone goes straight to oh the hyperboreans have straight hair we have straight hair in comparison to the africans but everything almost everything has straight hair right. in comparison to the africans but we have really curly hair in comparison to we have a lot a, of the east asians we have wild and wavy hair mm-hmm. like we actually were talking to the mestizo chick at work and she was talking about this one white guy we work with who has longer hair. It's like down to his yeah, shoulders. Yeah, she thought they he styled stri- it. Yeah, he's straight. He's well, he has to be straight ironing part of his hair and then curling the bottom. I'm like, no, just some white people's hair does that. What it is is our hair typically is wild or well, bouncy. Well, he usually has it pulled up in a ponytail too. So that probably doesn't help. But it's wild. It's bouncy. It's wavy. Mm-hmm. And then even when we have straighter hair, it tends to curve just a little bit a little bounciness to it a little volume and then with that 
the other thing that happens with our hair is when we have perfectly straight hair, what is everybody's immediate inclination of that person? They're Th- sick. They're or ill. Something's wrong with them. Well, it's like the th- whether it's psychologically, like somebody has that thin straight hair. We go to either they are a bad person. There's something psychologically broken in them, or they're physically ill and probably dying. And there still might be something psychologically wrong with them. Well, and a, the hair is a lot of the identifying factors for our people mm-hmm. because there are like uh, chimeras I've met. The skin tone is right enough. Like mm-hmm. they could be white passing. There's At something wrong with them. Yeah, like, it's what? that uncanny valley. People, fortunately, on on X are starting to talk about that now. That uncanny valley where, at first, you think that they're white, and then you look at them. It's like something's wrong. Yes. What is it? And it's kind of creepy, especially once you notice it. Well, and it's the Velis hair because. It, well, there's other other there's, examples. There's other things, but yes, Bella's hair is the biggest thing. We see it, we just don't consciously register it. Well, and in our countries, especially in America, I don't think people understand just how many chimeras there are. Yeah, like uh, Bruce Lee, famous Asian, right? He was Eurasian. Yeah, he he was part Asian. His and mama part, was white. Yep, and he was still, to our eyes, pretty much Asian. Yeah. It's like uh, we, we used to work with the Samara Black, and he had Vela's hair on parts. Yeah, like was, patches. Yeah, like random patch here, random patch there, and then just clammy black skin the rest of the way. Yeah. It was odd. And that's just getting into the hair of our people. And we have many different colors, different variety, different patterns of body hair, facial hair, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and our feet... Hobbit feet. If if we don't put them in for women in high heel shoes or in the, the flippy floppers, which are actually bad for your feet, but if we run around barefoot, we end up with basically Hobbit feet. They're not oversized for for our bodies, but we have a wider. Um, the ball of our foot is wider. The heel is the way that's positioned is actually slightly different from most of the other races. The orientation of our freaking toes. Slightly different. Slightly different. And then it's like splayed fingers almost. Like bear Um, paw. Yeah, like a bear paw. So our toes aren't supposed to be right on top of each other, but they're also not like splayed like when you splay your finger. Yeah, and they're, well, and they're clearly not Amazonian. If you heard a big bang, that was, I hit the mic. Um, But there's actually a space between the toes. You can see it when you, um, Look up on YouTube, I guess. You you can look up, like, barefoot shoes. And then on there, they'll show you the difference between what people think is a normal foot because they grew up wearing tennis shoes or, or trainers, um, stuff like this. And quite often, shoes that's too small for them versus what the human foot, the hyperborean foot, the human foot is supposed to look like. Our foot does not look like an Asian foot. It does not look like a... African foot, it does not look like an Amazonian foot. Our foot looks like our foot. It's going to be a little wider on the front. The toes are going to have some space on it. Typically, we will develop a high arch. And I know that there's a lot of flat-footed people out there. It's because you wear shoes and you walk around on concrete and blacktop all the time. Flat out. That That's what caused it. Well, it's like some of our feet will get this little almost 
I don't want to call it a bicep because it doesn't look like a bicep, but it's a pretty thick muscle yeah, on the top. muscles on the top of your foot that you can actually flex. Well, and then there's the calluses. Once they reach like a plateau mm-hmm. in their development, they start looking more like bear paw. Yeah. And then there's oh, no bear or dog. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is in our own lore, bear is the most common, but will also be compared often enough. Sometimes it's completely ridiculous like horses. But will be compared to wolves or boars, specifically the wild pig, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but by and large, wolves and bears are the most common, followed by being uh, compared to the boars. Yes, though nowadays most but of the time, usually the boar. Um, you start getting into that. We're gifted with their strength. We're gifted with their intelligence. But most of the time. And there might be, I'm sure that there's some exceptions. We're not actually considered to be develop, uh, descended Related. from them. It's we received gifts from them. So there's there's a significant difference there. And I'm sure that there's one or two tales out there that say, yes, we are descended of the wild boar, and that's why we are mighty or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, it's like I brought up the, I think it was in Poland. It might be in that area anyway, uh, but the baptism i guess for lack of a better word where the baby is passed through the wolf skin so she oh, be yeah. born of the great she-wolf but for our people and then at least the males i don't want to speak on the females our, our feet get kind of hairy no they're they're our females are hairier than our males most of the time yes and to be honest don't have a ton of problems with that just wish most of the women that did it wouldn't be gross yes but um when it comes to that, it just ties into the whole bear relation, whatever, what what have you. And the feet are different. The hands are different. Like, you can actually start looking at different races' hands, and the hands aren't built the same. The fingernails the aren't fingernails built the same. The fingernails don't, don't they're, they're, they're just different. Like, everything is different when you actually start looking. Everything is different. This is indicative of different species. If they can separate a squirrel... Because one is more red than the other one, and they don't typically breed because they're 300 miles apart, but everything else is identical, then yeah. Well, and just start looking at genetic variants. Oh, yeah. Through most most animal types, there will be 0.6, 0.7, sometimes a little bit more genetic variants, and they'll have six subspecies, eight subspecies, 22 subspecies, human beings. 0.7% variance, and you know that they're minimizing it because it's humans. Zero subspecies. Well, it's a little like when someone, and I might have this information off. Well, a lot of Europeans have, on average, 10% Neanderthal DNA, even though they've increasingly admitted the Neanderthal basically is just the modern European. Right, and that percentage is actually increasing almost year over year. Yes. And so it, it's a, they're walking it. They're, they're walking it to we're just a completely different species. Yeah, that, that, that we are the, the Neanderthal. Well, and they're admitting it with that 10%, because if we have 10% of a distinct species DNA that the other races of man don't have, that's 10% DNA difference. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, it, it's a fucking mess. They've made up an in-between step that they have zero evidence even fucking existed. They know that the Asians came... They have an ancestor that the Hyperboreans don't have, um, it, but yeah, Asians have it. And then there's the one for the Africans. They don't. The Africans don't have Neanderthal, and they don't have. I forget what. Uh, I forget the other ones, 
but they don't have the one that the Asians have in common. It's all distinct. We are distinct species from each other. And within each species, there are subspecies. But the Hyperborean is a distinct species from an Asian, from a Mesoamerican, or uh, what would the other one be, uh, Amazonian? Amazonian, yeah. We are distinct unto ourselves. They are distinct unto themselves. And we all just share a collective shape. Now, this reason stands to reason we might view the world a little different. We might hear the world a little different. We might have different ways of tasting. So literally different taste buds or the way at least are the way our brains perceive it. The way that our skin picks up sensation and all this leads to a completely different brain. Yes. So we have completely different ways of processing the information, completely different ways of emotionally handling the information. Everything is completely different. Us being jammed together is not healthy for anyone. No. We all know where everything's going currently. Well, food, music, sights, smells, living arrangements. Like, traditionally, up until fairly recently, hibernation, even though we didn't really call it that, was a thing for Hyperboreans. Yeah, they we just, would love for us to forget it. We, and most of us have. Well, it's like even when you were young in the UP they were there were still people doing it yeah you just bunker up for winter because yeah, they just didn't realize that's what they was doing and the thing is we've had some people tell us um because i think it was last winter we mentioned don't feel bad if you're tired and you don't have to go to work and enough stuff is done don't make yourself get stay up just go to sleep we're supposed to be semi-hibernating and there's been several of our listeners that's sent us messages saying yeah i tried that and i felt so much better it was uh the first winter in as long as they could remember that they weren't horribly depressed. Yeah. It's because we, this seasonal depressive disorder, it's because we're supposed to be hibernating and we're still working as much as we right. were in the summer. Well, and the thing is, is we don't act. Okay. We do need sunlight, but it's shown we don't need that much sunlight to get our vitamin D because of our beautifully light skin. 15 minutes is enough for us. It, the other races, cause they're typically darker require more. Right. So that means that we can live in a largely dark environment. So then why is the not getting the sun causing us depression when actually it's the we're fucking tired. We're just tired. Well, and then it's okay to sleep. Well, and you look at traditional housing for Hyperboreans. Yes, the South had like their structures, but the North, it was a like we might have some long houses and whatnot, especially if we have a fire in there. But it was. It was earthen houses, mound houses, uh, tree houses. Uh, we had whole villages built into the caves of mountainsides. Well, and I did a little side digging, too. In the extreme north, yes, I know that suicide spiked during, during the winter, during the long, cold winter, no sunshine. But things have changed. It's gotten worse. What caused it to get worse? We now use the electric light bulb rather than fires. We are also more cut off from our neighbors, our our friends, our family. We don't have the large clans. If, on the other hand, we potentially used real fire and had a larger clan and didn't feel bad for going to freaking sleep when we was tired. I mean, the sun's not up for months at a time. What does it matter when you're sleeping? 
in a natural environment. What does it matter? It shouldn't matter. You should be able to sleep for months if you want to. Suicide rates are going to be nearly non-existent because you're just sleeping through it. And then when you are awake, you have natural light, which actually does put off fire puts off UV rays. Electric light bulbs do not. They put off light, but not the UV rays that we need. Regular fire will put off some of it. It's not as much as standing out in the sun at high noon. No. But it's something. Well, and this is another thing that's unique to our people more on the metaphysical level, which is the instinctive drive to the holidays. Mm-hmm. The same rough, the, the same, roughly the same time period for each of the tribes of Hyperboreans, regardless of which grouping you are, whether you're Slavic or Gaelic or Mediterranean German. Still roughly the same time periods. And not necessarily on the calendar, but by the calendar of the year. Yeah, the feel. Yes. Well, like People will be the like, seasons. oh, I'm celebrating the, the solstice. The solstice is a means of keeping time. This is not, the celebration is not because of the solstice. The solstice lets you know that this is roughly the time. And there's also an instinctive drive to it, because let, let's go with winter solstice and the Yule Tide and all these holidays happening. What did we traditionally do a long time ago? Massive fires, gathering of community, families going home. And what is it for? What is this massive holiday for? Bringing everyone together, bringing resources together around a fire, around a shared home that we can all share resources in so that we can survive the winter, thrive even. Well, because the, the trip home to grandma's for Christmas or for New Year's or I'm going there for the holidays. Once upon a time, it used to be until spring. Yes, or going to the Lord's Manor House, get a big, giant Lord of Misrule-style Yuletide party. Mm-hmm. You don't, because this is the biggest building. This is where everyone can rest while it's freezing cold out. It, All the resources together, all the people working together, we can protect ourselves. We can rest. There's not these concerns. We can bring of, each other joy yes, and we, contentment. Well, that's the main point. That's why just presence, that's not the point. The presents are a bonding ritual. Yeah. It, it's a lot like we're serial monogamous. A lot of the other species aren't. They're either full-on monogamous, I don't know of any off the top of my head, or they're straight-up polygamous. Or like the Africans, most of them are what you would call free love. Yeah. But we're serial monogamous. We will have one partner, and especially the males, we might have that partner until we die. We might also have a practice partner. We might have a I'm old, let's have fun partner, depending on the person. Yeah. But we typically There's are the loyal. Full spectrum. Yes. And that's why we but have we, all these we customs. We don't tend to be that free love. It all, it all sounds good. They try to make it look good. But we don't naturally do this. Because if you look at these people that's talking about the, oh, free love, and I've had 72 partners, and my life is great. And so you can see the desperation in their eyes as they are trying to convince themselves. They're not trying to convince you. No. They're trying to convince themselves because they've gone against nature and they know it. Well, to go to the Africans, because we haven't actually talked too much about them, but the Africans, how they effectively mate is they don't typically have permanent mates. They have, they have the men and the women. We've seen their mating rituals on top of cop curse. Yes, the males will have their favorite female, or the ma- a male will have his favorite female, or, and the female might have a favorite male, and they might be different. 
Yeah, and it's, they might not necessarily match up. Well, and like in Africa, because you never know who the father might be. Oh, yeah, it, I, I was. Uh, that was interesting. I, I just watched a bunch of... Uh, they wasn't trying to prove anything. They was just sharing tribal life. And there was the men's hut, and there was the women's hut. And some of these men and women are married. But then when, when the time comes, the man enters the women's hut. Yep. And then you don't know what's going on in there. And then he goes back to the man's hut. And then another man, he gets in the mood and he goes into the women's hut. So I think their, their marriage was, this is my favorite female. She would say, because some of these, if you have facial recognition, he, this, this man, this male claims this female is his wife. She then claims a different male is her husband. I think what they're doing is just describing their favorite male or female. Well, it's whoever's available. Well, they much like who I would argue is probably their closest relatives, the bonobos or chimps. They don't really have mated pairs. Not really. I mean, they can. They do, but they don't. Yes. It's more of a suggestion. Yes. And it, it's an idea. And that's almost foreign to us because we do have mated pairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I describe our social structure is... It would like, also explain our tendency to give hickeys. Yes, because it's actually... We've talked about this. We're pretty much the only ones that do it instinctively. And then we're we have also... to be taught to not do it. Well, and then it also shows up the best on us. Whereas you can give it, but it's way, way harder on the other races. Yeah. And then they don't do it instinctively like we do. It's marking, hey, I'm taken. Right. Basically, we have to be taught not to do it. And then they see us do it, and then they're curious. Well, and Because I've had so many non, non-hyperboreans ask me about white people giving each other hickeys. And it's like, it's just a thing that happens. It's what we do. And the way I describe kind of our social structure is we're halfway between bears and wolves. We have the independence kind of isolation desire of the bear, but also the strict family loyalty of the wolf and social structure. Yes. Well, it's one of the reasons I don't like that. We call each other betas when we're trying to insult because the beta is the second inch, the seconds to the alpha. Yeah. The second in line. To the path. Beta is not actually an insult. No, delta, omega, those sorts of things. Yeah. And the thing is, really, we can just call them what they are. They're weaklings. Yes. We don't need to call them betas because a beta male can step up and become a leader when you understand what fucking nature actually is. We've way... We've insulted beta males with weaklings. Yes. The betas are strong not everybody is an alpha you have one alpha in a group or one male one female alpha in in a wolf group and then you have the betas and then what is it omegas gammas Del- sigmas De- I, don't I, I don't know what the rest of the orders are but the betas are not weaklings no weaklings are weaklings cowards are cowards those are the ones that we are constantly insulting, which is true. We should insult the cowards and the weaklings. We should. But we shouldn't be calling them betas because that's giving them too much credit. Well, and in the spirit there of... There you go. That's the way to word it. It's 
We're giving the weaklings and the cowards too much credit by calling them betas. Yes. It, it It's a lot of the terminology doesn't hold up when you start looking at what it's actually based on. Like uh, some people that have woken up to the different races, the different species of man, they'll call them by our spirits. Oh, yeah. So I like the, the Jews are goblins. I get it. Yes. I get it. But man, it makes me so angry because I know what a goblin is. I know what an orc is. These other creatures are not honorable enough to call them by any names that we have. An orc is a freaking god. It is a wild god. It is not a monster. It is a god. A goblin is damn near a god. And they're all part of the Oz, as we call it. To, to kind of just use a general term, because the thing is, these are such wibbly-wobbly yeah, they're terms. They're not monsters. Orcs and goblins are not monsters. No, it's why I, I've actually had told people I like goblins. Like, you like goblins? What's wrong with you? I'm like, they're earth spirits. What What's wrong with you? Yeah. They watch too much anime. Anime or Lord Tolkien. of the Rings, yeah. Lord of the Rings. I like Tolkien's work, but he caused some problems. He did. It's like, um, the only ones that could be called dwarves, honestly, are some of our people. Like the dwarves in the UP. Yeah. Those short squat family with the beards and the penchant for crafting and mine work claims to have been right. in the UP forever. I, I am not making this up. These no, it's a real family that, that lives in the UP and they're like, we are the original miners of the uh, of the copper miners up in the uh, Copper Harbor up in that area. It's a real family. They really do exist. And the women have beards and, and they're the all stout. Have and they, and they have this odd penchant for crafting things from random stuff. Yeah. It's odd. You Even if they've never done it before and they're sitting there and they're like, I can't do that. And then they bend their mind to it. And all of a sudden they can. It's the weirdest shit. It's just weird. It is weird. But we should stop calling these other species by our spirits names. We're calling them gods. Yes. And they are not gods. Well, and like an obvious example of the goblin is Jew metaphor is Harry Potter. Yeah. Which actually Harry Potter is one of the best examples I've seen of trying to explain how Two groups can not can end up at war and at each other's throats and with just a million blood grudges just because of two completely different concepts. Because yes. in the Harry Potter, it's not without really one intentionally screwing over the other. Both are perfectly honest. Oh, yeah. And yet there a war erupts and there it's just because they are so different. Yes, because the movies don't really cover it. But in the books, the goblins and the humans have had wars in the past, the, the wizard kind and goblin kind. And the goblins, a lot of it actually comes down to, one, they don't feel respected. But the other thing is the goblins and the the wizards have a completely different concept of ownership. Like, it's wars have been started over it. Be well, to break it down, the goblins, their worldview is whoever creates the thing owns it. So when you buy the thing from them, it's yours. Until you die, and then it returns to the original owner, which is the person that, or the goblin that made the thing. However, the wizards don't view it that way. They purchased it, purchased it, it is theirs always and forever, and then they can give it away if they want. But this is not how the goblins think. This is not how the wizard and the wizards don't think like the goblins. These two creatures don't think the same way. Neither one is lying, but they both view each other as as thieves the wizards think the goblins are are takesy backsy thievesies 
and the goblins view the wizards as steely thievesies. Yes. And lying, stealing thievesies. And this is Even how... Even though nobody's lying and everybody's being honest and upfront. Yes. It's this fundamental difference in how they see the world. Different species just can't live together like that. Well, it's like the um, our people. We have a complex relationship with thievery because we have stories of thieves. There's this Robin prayer. Hood. Robin Hood, um, Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, the Spartan War. Some the Spartan thievery warrior trials. is even admired. Other thievery is completely despised. Yes, it's like nobody has a problem with the ca- the, the heist movies. We're going to break into the vault, and this is my team of 11 crackpot world-bouncing super criminals. But we all we have an issue with the guy that just sticks up the people and is like, "I'm getting your money." Right. It, yeah. It's a difference of class. And but with the Africans, for instance, they don't really even quite have a concept of property. They do, but they don't. They understand. It seems that they understand that we have a concept of it, but they themselves don't really. Yeah. I mean, take something that they're actively using; they'll lose their shit on you. But on average, it's like. Food? Oh, I'll take a food. Oh, you're not using your car? It's mine to use now. And then just drive off with the car. Right. Well, and they've learned what the concept is, but they, they it's still not internalized. And it never will be, well, to be quite honest. And the ones that do, they're chimeras. And, and they're constantly at, at war with themselves. Uh, there was that one thing. Uh, what was that actress's name? Zendaya. 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 Whatever. Uh, chimeric. Uh, actress, actress, and she's like, my mind works, and this is I've talked to quite a few of them, and if I can get them to be honest with me, they describe the same thing going on inside of them. It's fourteen tabs open, um, and there's music coming from somewhere, and you don't know where. So it's like their minds is constantly at war with itself. I've had some of them describe it as I actually have a black side. And I have a white side. And these two are constantly screaming at each other. And I don't know which one to listen to. It's almost like they have two parts of a soul, but no whole. Yeah. It, it's odd. It, it is. And they get rather distraught about it. And I can't say as I blame them. It's, it's child abuse to have one of those. Having a but kind- the, anyways, we're, I'm getting off into other areas now. Yes. So, well, uh, But having a chimera basically is child abuse. Yeah. Uh. The Africans, however, it's because the area they're in is so bountiful. They yeah. can just walk out and get food. Or, you know what, Fred, I don't like him, I'll eat him. Because yeah. they're cannibals. Be- yes, because they are cannibals. Like, you can find videos. like This some- is not slander. This is just the way it is. Oh, they'll admit it. Like, you can find videos of them just like someone died, and I don't know if there was a fire or if they put them in the fire to spit roast it, but they'll lift up what is clearly a human leg take a piece off like freaking barbecue while talking to other Africans and just start eating, just going to town on it. This is not an exception to the rule. Most people will say, most Hyperboreans will be like, oh, that's not right. Those people are starving and they're the exception to the rule. No, it is clearly not the exception to the rule. No. It it is, it is. The ones that don't do it. They have to be made to not do it. Same as slavery. They have to be made to not do it because taking slaves and or being slaves is just natural to them. Same way with the the Semites and the Dravidians too. They still have slaves today. 
They've just changed the fucking name. Well, and Semites, that's the, the chimeras there now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the chimeras that's there now. These are all slavery people. Taking slaves, being slaves, killing slaves, almost no value from what we perceive as value of human life. They they don't, they just have, don't have it have in it. the same way that we do. Well, it's like you can talk to an Ameriblack, and they'll admit if you can get it at the right time, they are more willing to eat a person than a dog or a beaver or a muskrat. Yeah. And the thing with the blacks, this is the odd thing about them, the, the sub-Saharans, the Africans. I have no freaking clue if it's one or like five freaking races. Because yeah. the difference between some of the black groups is the equivalent difference between a chimp and a gorilla. Yeah. Well, you got the pygmies and then you got the Sudanese. Is those the, the, the 18 the foot s- tall giraffe people? Yes. And the thing is, like, they all have these... Where thing- their forearms are longer than their bicep. And it's because those are legs. Yeah. There you, are- you, can, you can see it, that one that's a basketball player, and he's all splayed out. You can see it's a four-legged animal standing up on two legs. Yes. And this is because, as while the Africans have similarities, like their hair texture, which, oddly enough, I found this out. We found this out from talking to some blacks. The hair just breaks off at a certain yeah. length. They don't cut it. They have to take special care of their hair to have hair, which well, also explains why they have a, a penchant for wearing wigs. Wigs, uh, dreadlocks, braids. Weaves. Weaves. Well, beard have, weaves, too. Yeah, they have to get take special beards. care of their hair, or it just simply it breaks off. Yes, which is why dreadlocks are a status thing to them, because we talk to them. It takes like six, seven, eight months to get dreadlocks. It well, take, and then they have to take very, very special care of it. Otherwise, he'll just break off. Whereas for us, it just means you're really, really dirty. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That kind of weirded out some of the blacks. Is like, oh, yeah, white people naturally get get uh, dreadlocks. What it's called is just never taking a fucking bath. Yes. All of a sudden, they don't want to talk about dreadlocks with white people anymore. No more. But and then they also have like the purebred blacks don't have a nose. Uh, they basically have nostrils. Well, they have a nose. What they don't have is the... Uh, the nose bridge. Yeah, I misspoke. Yeah, there's a, the septum, is that what it's called? Uh, the bone, anyways, yeah. The, the snout. Yeah, they they don't really have a snout like that. Well, and these are just the, the commonalities. This is where it gets weird with them. There's at least two separate groups of blacks that are turning back into animals. Yeah, the Sudanese for sure and the pygmy for sure. Yes, the pygmies have even admitted because they're being hunted and eaten by the other blacks, they've had to retreat into the forest. They're getting hairier again. They're turning slowly back into monkeys or apes. I don't know if they're going to go far enough to get a tail again. They might just say, we tried. We're going back to full-on monkey. And then the Sudanese are turning into a four-footed animal. Yeah, some type of gazelle or deer or something. There's even entire tribes of them. They spend more time down on all fours than they do walking around on two legs. Yeah. This is not being racist. This is just a matter of fact. You You can look it up. Well, you actually met one, and he showed you just the... Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, He said it's far more comfortable for them, and and they're almost fragile. Anyways, yeah. There was another group that you wanted to talk about. Uh, I think that we touched it but didn't really get into it was the Inuit. Oh, we actually have not covered. Uh, well, several, several. So let me. Uh, I don't know if I got it in me to go through all of them because we've only touched on a small handful now. So let let me speed run through some of the smaller ones. You got the Australian Aboriginals. 
bat people. Yes, which is odd. They when we first met them, they were actually not us, but our species. They were classified as a great ape. Yes. Personally, first of all, their IQ is four. Well, yes, and when you Google them up, they will show you anything but a purebred aborigine. You have to hunt for the pictures of the purebred aborigines. They love to show off the beauty of the heavily mixed aborigine i have no idea how the fuck these motherfuckers got our dna it must have been a drunk dude that hadn't been with a woman in 52 years and he passed out and the aborigine woman jumped on him and maybe some head injuries were involved yeah uh, just the actual aborigines are, they don't even know. They don't even look human. They look like bat people. Yeah, they look they, like bat people. Because there is this land-dwelling bat that was there, like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, but a long time ago. And if you look at... It even at, has the same hair patterns. And the same face. I mean, they found only fossils, but you look at the bats. Well, not there's, the fruit there's bats, living, but. There's living um, um, relatives to that ancient bat. And when you look at the living relatives, you can actually kind of see... The face well, looks different. Ju- just as much as you can see us in a bear, you can see them in the bat. It's like, yes. oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and according to them, they basically were in, like, one part of the desert. So these Tasmanian uh, ones, these uh, There's jungle so ones. so much bullshit. Yeah. The, so the, much the bullshit dreaming, the, All of it's bullshit. There's so much bullshit about the not us. It's infuriating, honestly. Especially the ones with IQs of four. I don't even know how you can be alive. Well, it's because an IQ of four. It's the the where did I get that from? It was that race race and IQ study. And there's there was several of them done. And on the first one that I read, I'm like, oh, this must be a typo because nothing can be alive with an IQ of between four and ten. And then I read the next one and it gave the same answer between four and ten and. What they were doing was that the first one was done out of curiosity. The subsequent ones were done trying to disprove the first one because the it's so racist. IQs of 4 to 10, IQs of 50, IQs of 60. You're fucking retarded at 70. There's no way there's a whole continent of this. Yes, yes, there is. But when you understand these are different species now it makes sense. Well, it's like a dog with a 70 IQ is pretty smart. Yeah, he's a really smart dog. Well, it's like for us, you hit 70, you're either retarded or borderline retarded. Right. Um, with an African, you might be a brain surgeon. Yeah. Not a very good one, mind you, but a brain surgeon. Um, but it makes sense once you understand it's different species. So where one is shutting down at an IQ of 60 or IQ of 60, the other one is kicking right up at an IQ of 60 because the mean IQ is lower. And for the aborigine, 4 to 10, average IQ, and then even put in there on a uh, like an asterisk thing, we're going to call it 40. <laughs> well, this is the thing is, it, think of it kind of like a computer. For like Hyperboreans, we have like a complex web of programs we can function on simultaneously and interlock them with the Asians. They we are be- the PC. The Asians are the Mac because they're limited they're in, very in limited. ways that PCs can't do. But they do do other things better. So 
that we'll call the Asians the Mac, the PC, uh, the the Hyperboreans the PC because it's like the average. And the uh, the Abos are like our calculators. A, oh, I wasn't even going to go that far. I was going to call them one Digital of those clock. I was going to go with a Tamagotchi pet that's almost out of battery power. <laughs> <laughs> Paperweight. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, I've seen the chimeras that are part abo and part not abo and their eyes don't focus yeah, yeah. or uh look up don't sniff petrol from a can or right. what was it don't sleep in the road yeah don't sleep in the road uh don't don't sniff petrol from the can you know all these these I mean, psas I, I, that we need i can buy why like our people fell for the noble savage thing in like oh, dude, with the red men yeah but in australia how how did anyone fall for this by never showing them just, That's how. By never actually showing them. Yeah. Um let's but interesting fact about the abos, besides the ones we've already gone over, um occasionally there's one that's apparently very hairy, and that one is named Chief. Yeah, yeah pretty much. The um because they always show the one with the glorious beard. With the glorious beard. They show him because he is the chief. Nobody else has a beard. Only he has a beard. And some thick... Sometimes, it's a woman that has the beard, and she is now the chief because she has a beard. That's the way that it works for them. And this is partly why when people start talking about uh, hair-specific types... Oh, and of by the way, they're cannibals, too. Oh, of course. They they, they have to actively be, be um, stopped from eating their fucking babies. Well, they also have to be stopped from sniffing petrol from a can on That's a regular true. basis. That's true. But the cannibalism thing just... That is uh, no, 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 no. No eating people. You can eat anything that you want on the fucking planet. Don't eat people-ish things. The more you know. Yes, the more... There is no... Well, you can't eat between this date and that date. For the Hyperborean, this does not exist. There is no, you can't eat pork, you can't eat beef, you can't eat, no, no, if you can eat all that. But if it looks human-ish, don't eat it. Which puts bears, honestly, on the, eh. Well, we used eh. to have tribes that wouldn't eat bears because they yeah, considered there was some, it Yeah, some of our tribes flat out refused. Very few of our tribes pre-Christianity would even hunt them. It's not that they wouldn't eat them. But if the bear uh, basically offered itself up by picking a fight and it lost, then then you'd eat it. But, yeah, we didn't typically hunt and eat them. Well, Not it, really. It actually used to be a thing. If you did end up killing a bear, you'd adopt the cubs and you'd raise them yes. in the village. Interestingly enough, some bears would actually come and adopt people. Humans. Yeah. This actually, there's actually was a record in uh, North America fairly recently of a black bear taking like a three-year-old under its wing they killed the bear when they found the kid, but the kid was like, the bear was protecting me and taking care of yes. me. Yes. And it's because of that mentality. Yes. Well, Bears and, are monsters. Animal, wild animals are monsters. No. From our perspective and definition of a monster, a monster eats humans. This means Africans, Middle Easterners, Indians. Dravidians. Um, yes. Uh, Dra Dravidians and uh, Australians. Oh, and South Americans. I don't know about the Mesoamericans. I know that they did human sacrifice, but I don't know if they did cannibalism. 
And not all South Americans, just definitely the Amazonians. Yes, they will eat a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Well, and this is the other know thing. I about the is, ones up in the mountains. Well, I'm reminded of that Tolkien story. It might, it's, I saw it in a YouTube video, so I don't know if this is an actual Tolkien story. But the reason the elves and the dwarves hate each other is when the elves first found the dwarves, they thought they were small furry animals and ate them. Makes sense. So I don't have wonder if a lot of the races that ate us when they first met us thought we were animals. Because the Makes thing sense we don't look human from their but perspective. But they eat each other. Yeah, they were. So, so I'm, I'm not, not trying to grudge like first encounters. Dude gets a hey, it's the risk that you take, right? But when they knowingly eat each other, yes, that's another thing altogether. But our to their perspective, we'd be a weird-looking bear, and we'd growl a lot because they couldn't understand our speech. And like we already covered, even our own women sometimes think our men just growl. Yeah. Okay, anyways, what, what's the next... Uh... Inuit. The Inuit, we don't have a lot on them. The Inuit that you met actually was already mourning its, pe- its people because he was pretty sure they were right. going to go extinct. Well, and they have damn near black skin, but they're not African at all. And they don't even they don't even really look Asian. Like, you, you found pictures of some Inuits, right? And they look really Asian. That's because those are crossbred with Asians. Most Inuits don't actually look Asian, except for in the very loosest sense. The, uh, what's the actual word, like Mongolian or mon- Mongoloid? Mon- Mongoloid. Only in the very loosest sense do they look Mongoloid. Kind of like the Mongols only look Mongoloid in the very loosest sense. The purebreds. They will offer up Northern Chinese as a Mongolian and call it a Mongolian. No, it's not. And we're right... Or almost to the Mongols to finish up the. Well, Inuit. I was going to go with. Uh, I was going to come back to like the the native Indians, the American Indians. Some some of those would be classified as Mongoloid. They're not, but neither is the Inuit. Well, and neither are the Amazonians. You look at them; they don't look anything like an Asian. Yeah. Uh, or the mezzos. Th- these are clearly Many distinct. Many people's develop eye folds. Yes, well, we do when we're in the north too long because we it, it's yeah. bright snow. It, the snow is just bright. Well, it's like the UP. There's a lot of people up there with eye folds. It's not from admixture. It's because it's really... Yeah, when you went up there, I remember you asked me about a couple of us. like, there's a lot of Asians up here. No, no, those, those are white people. Well, and the thing with the... And here's here's something cool. It's just a little side piece. Um, up in the UP, a lot of us will get eye folds in the winter time, and then it goes away in the sun- summertime, and then we get it back again in the winter time. Go figure. Yeah, it's almost like you it's can an tell adaptation who goes in to the and environment. Out. Yeah, you can tell who spends a lot of time outside. The indoor dogs and the outdoor yeah, dogs. Yeah, it's really easy to tell. Well, and just to kind of speed run the Inuit, because we don't actually have a lot on them. Yeah. We know that they're distinct from the other groups. Um, but in general, they're darker skinned. They require a ludicrous caloric intake. Yeah. And they well, can even, su- even when they're not spending, spending it, their body doesn't know. So they have this very high drive to consume insane amounts of calories. Makes sense because the body generates the heat and they're from the Arctic Circle. It's it fucking cold. They get out of there. They get fat. They die. In years, not in decades. Yes, because they eat so many calories that their heart basically gives out. Yeah. But in the north, it all goes to keeping them warm. Yeah. Because 
It's not that they don't need the coats, but they don't need the coats in the same way we don't need the coats. It's very nice to have the coats. Yes. Kind of like, kind of like us in our environment. It's, it's nice to have a coat, even when you don't need the coat. Yeah, it's like we can get to the point where our bodies can keep ourselves warm, either through hair, metabolism. But why? That's a, that's a really uncomfortable situation to be in. Well, and when it's windy. Yeah, wind and rain. Temperature drops are a thing. It's why we used to have, you know, we have houses. And anyone that's like, well, yeah, that proves you were not supposed to be there. Beavers, birds, bear dens. Wolf dens. Why are we pretending no other animal in the north has habitation in yeah, the winter? Yeah, just nests and dens. It's Every thing. animal does it, yes. including insects. Yep. Well, in the Inuit, mostly carnivores. Uh, they also eat, I don't know, lichen, animal yeah, shit. Yeah, they will. Uh, some of them have mustaches. Maybe they're related to walruses. But well, they got a neat story about being at least one of the tribes, because I only saw the one. Um, has a neat story about being descended of, I think it's seals. It makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. It could have just been a nice story that they told, but either way. Well, it's the same with our bear stories. Well, it makes sense for like their, their what it is that they predominantly eat, where they live, how they live, their tolerance to certain even their, certain conditions. Even their appearance. Yeah, their their appearance and even some of their social interaction. Now, it could be humans modeled themselves after the seal, or they could actually be descended from something very seal-like. And I know that they don't like it when you say that they're descended of Chinese people that crossed the Bering Straits on the land bridge and have just been living in, uh, in the Arctic Circle for a thousand years. They have a tendency to get a little pissed off. I can't blame them. Well, it's like when they try to claim us and the Dravidians are the same species. Yes. Just they're get, very dark. Yes. They're just very dark and like to rub poop on themselves. Yes. It's, you it's know, offensive. as one does. But this is the interesting thing with the continents. It's not as clear cut as this one lives here and this one lives here. You just start looking at where people live. It's not right. that. Well, and <clears throat> so much of science is based off from based off from the Bible, based off from the Abrahamic story. It started with Adam and Eve and then everything spread out. And so much effort is put into trying to prove it that they do not allow for any question. It makes far more sense for the world for many peoples to have just been those peoples. There, there is no Adam and Eve, everybody coming from one single tribe. For even our people, the Hyperboreans, there are more stories that describe us coming up from many and just becoming Hyperboreans from another creature whether it be a bear or springing up out of the ground like flowers or or we just come from the forest then there is from us coming from a singular tribe oh yeah well, I, I, i'm struggling right now i'm trying to think of any folklore that describes us coming from a singular tribe and i'm coming up blank well another thing that tolkien did well because as much as i give him crap sometimes another thing he did well a lot of the groups that are exist as the races in his world they had multiple tribes created at the same time. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it if that's much the same as what we were. Well, and he based his work off from folklore. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you, being Christian, if he had found something that he could directly link to Christianity for that, he would have done it. Oh, yeah. He would have. He was very Christian. Yeah. He was a very Extre bad Christian. Extremely but, so. Yes. Um, so much so that C.S. Lewis really disappointed him. 
Because he wasn't Christian enough. Yeah, because C.S. Lewis wasn't Christian enough. Or something like that. Yeah. But um, Was there any others that you two. want to touch on? Okay. Okay, but I know I can get you riled up with the last one, which is why I've been saving it. Okay. Uh, we've talked about the Samoans. We've gone into depth on ourselves. Uh, we could get into other things with ourselves, but time. Uh, we've talked about briefly about the engines, but we don't really have much on them, and they might just be lanky versions of the mezzos, so we don't know. Yeah. There's uh, too many options. Yes, and... We talked about the Mezzos. We talked about the Amazonians with their weird. Oh, did we talk about how they have like these weird hair manes, the Amazonians on uh, their arms and legs? We've talked about it before, but I think that we missed it this but, time. Yeah, the Amazonians. They, they have weird hair for us. It's weird for them. I'm sure it's normal hair growth patterns where it's like a short mane out of their forearm. It's like all the hair is kind of clumped up. It's not like a like the way ours grows where it's. Near, we like, have a pelt. They have a uh, arm mane. Yeah, it's weird. Kind of like how it grows out of a horse's neck, on um, both their forearms and their shins. Probably to get through brush. Yeah, it makes sense. And then they also have these really—they almost look like tumors. Their muscles are yeah. Their muscles are really short. Where we uh, hyperboreans have longer muscles. Knotty muscles is yeah, kind of what they the have. The Amazonians have like these little knotty muscles connected by these cords it's the tendons oh and then just to get one more thing for the mezzos before i lose it at least the mountain mezzos so the ones in like central oh, yeah. america they do have beards they look really different from ours they you don't not... have our beards at no. all they're by our standards they're really thin beards and they get tall they get as tall as we do oh yeah because we we work with one his head looks like an olmec statue yeah like everyone's like oh it looks kind of african it looks like a freaking mezzo it that's does. what it looks like that's what the olmec heads look like if you know what mezzos look like um, but the, I forget if it's the mezzo, I think it's the mezzos. They actually have a lot of hair. Mm-hmm. Like they're probably the second hairiest race after us. Probably. With like short black hair everywhere. It makes sense why the Latinos end up right. so freaking but hairy. But the, the mountain, the, the mountain South Americans, I don't know what to call them, uh, like in Peru and Chile, they get tall. The, the men get almost as tall as we do. Um, they'll get broad. It's different physicality of the, about it about them though and the women have a tendency to be short oh yeah it's the same with most races like we most of the other races are like half our height yeah or, or half our size if not half our height like look at the asians they're half our size but, like african um, same thing the, the south american natives that's in peru or or chile i guess the andes uh the, yeah the andy mountains it's not uncommon for them to hit like six feet it's not super common either but it's not like he's a freak of nature being six foot tall, it's not like us hitting eight or nine feet tall. That's kind of a freak. Six foot is definitely doable for them. Most of them are probably going to be about my height, five, eight, five, seven, five, five, eight, six. five ten, maybe. But which is only a couple inches shorter than six feet, but still. Well, and having talked to the engine, so the red man, mm-hmm. um, they are. Well, some of them will try to play off that they were in the eastern woodlands and the northern woodlands. Oh, yeah. Most of them are pretty honest that they was on the west side of the Great Plains. Yes, because what was it they said? Before horses, only the white man was crazy, crazy enough. enough to cross that sea of death, basically. Yeah. yeah they, they were in the Great Basin. They were in the southwest. They were probably on the edge of the Great Plains in some of the savanna areas. Because instinctively, like our people, when bad shit happens, we will hide in the forest. Yeah. That's where we run. Yes, they run to the grasslands. 
And not like the 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 Great Plains grassland, but like the Great Basin grassland. They run to the scrub. The scrub. Yeah, they hide in the scrub. Like a freaking jackal or a coyote. Like a coyote. A coyote. The noble coyote. Yes. Or something. Um, But that's before getting into a whole nother thing about our people being here and stuff like that. Um, We covered the Mesos, the Amazonians. We went into more or less depth with the East Asians. They're smaller. Oh, fun fact about food before we get into too far. Um, The Africans, we had to stop them from eating dirt with a mask. Yes. Because apparently it tasted that good. Have fun with that one. Um, There's even gifts of it. Yes. Or um, what's some other stuff like the. What was it? The the potato, the potato that is typically associated with the Andes Mountains in like Peru in this area Mm -hmm. versus the russet that grows in a lot of our countries. They get sick if they eat the russet. Too much. It's too much. It's too good of a potato. Yes. It's too much potato. In Potatoes. Potato. Um, and then uh, another fun fact about food is a good amount of the Asian food, including noodles, depending on who you ask, is Asianified versions of European food. Yeah. And if Well, I was going to actually talk about their diet when you brought them up is they cannot eat. The Asians cannot eat as much red meat as as. Hyperboreans do. They will fucking die. They get sick and they die. They can't have that rich, red, meaty, fatty diet like we do. Same as we don't process, what is that, tofu? The soy. The soy or uh, rice. We actually don't process yeah, their we kind don't of rice. process very well. their rice very well. But they can eat it by the fucking mountains. They can eat a lot of carbs. They eat. This is how I've described the Asians, and it seems accurate. They're scavengers. We're predators. They're scavengers. Yeah. And the a- Africans seem to have been primarily vegetarian. They'll eat meat, but they're not very good at getting it. Yeah. And then you have, like, the mezzos are scavengers, I guess. Or you could call them hunters, but they're they're a big I'm, fish I'm in a small sure pond. I'm not sure about the mezzos. I know that they got, like, fishing and gathering. Some native uh, agriculture. The South Americans actually had a lot of... Uh, specifically the mountain ones had a lot of agriculture before we even showed up but it was still different oh yeah and it's because we just can't eat the same food i mean they adapted a lot of their modern cuisine from ours but they had to make it asian so they wouldn't die if they ate it right because they will actually die if they eat our food yeah they will get uh digest digestive problems and die well and just where we just get really hungry and shit a lot oh yeah well, in the Southeast Asians, you can see the, the orangutan or monkey on them. They even yeah. call him the grandfather of the forest in their own Grandfather, uncle, I forget. But fun fact about those two, just because I'm, I'm kind of speedballing through some of the fun facts before we get to the last two. Um, the two Asian groups, the East Asians, so like the Japanese, Korean, Chinese group, and then the Southeast Asians, we're not quite sure how this happens, but when they mix... Um, for some reason, it's almost like half. Oh, yeah. You're talking about where found uh, the split faces. What, yeah. What group was that? But every every of the every one of the individuals that we found from there, it, once you notice that you can't unsee it, one half of their face looks like one type of Asian and the other half of their face looks like a different type of Asian. They're just kind of glued together. Oh, yeah. It's the weirdest fucking thing. And once we saw it, couldn't unsee it for that particular group. Well, in the Southeast Asians, there's actually a group, much like those two African groups, the Sudanese or the Saharans, whatever, the lanky giraffe people Sudanese, and uh, the pygmies. 
they're turning back into animals and it's yeah. because they're they're basically living like a war still going yeah um but you can tell the difference between the east and the southeast there's different skin tones the southeast asians tend to be darker brown almost like a what would you call it like an ochre yeah like an ochre almost their hair is finer like the ones on the east have like doll's hair much like the mezzos like they're fascinated by our hair because their hair just lays on them yeah um, well the ones that are honest enough to ask questions Yes, or dumb enough to not know to not ask. Right. And then the the Southeast Asians also look, they have really bony faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about all I got on them. The last two groups are also in Asia. The Mongols. Yep. Everybody's favorite non-white group. Yep. And the Mongols are fascinating, but this is basically the little bit we've been able to glean from them, which is... According to their own folklore and mythology, at least if you talk to actual Mongols, they used to be us, but they aren't anymore. Right. They are so a, they don't claim to be us, but that they descend from us and became something else. So a uh, divergent uh, a evolution. Di- yeah, a case of divergent evolution. So they're their own entity now. If you find some pictures of purebreds, they look kind of like they're us, but they also don't look like us, and they look yeah. kind of like and they're... they don't look like Eurasians. No, they don't. They look like their own thing. Yeah. Like they found this sweet spot that is neither the natural habitat of the Hyperborean or the East Asians. And the reason I keep calling them East Asians instead of like Oriental is Oriental apparently used to mean like the Near East, and yeah, I don't. Yeah, wanna... actually means more Middle Eastern. Than... And I don't really want to get into that, right. but. The Mongols, I don't really have much else to say about them. They're noble enough. We've teamed up to take out enemies before. I don't really recommend that now. Well, and like anything that's just different species, act accordingly. Yep. Well, and with them, much like the Samoans, they've kind of just camped out and are waiting for the end. Mm-hmm. And then they're just going to get back to doing yeah, what they're, they do. They're the general plan, because you rarely actually see actual Mongols. What you see is a bunch of Chinese pretending to be Mongols. Yep. But the actual Mongols, by and large, they stay to themselves. Their general plan is we won't notice when everybody starts killing each other. They have cell phones. They they have the stuff to keep an eye out. They send people out to see what's going on, and then they're supposed to come back. Um, so they're keeping an eye out. They're, they're not stupid about it. But in general, they're just staying out of the way, waiting for the dying to start. Well, and ones like the Inuit, the Mongols, the, uh, what are they called again? The Samoans. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough to really waste. Yeah. But they do, because like the two you met, the Samoans, Mm -hmm. they were here looking for other Samoans. Yeah, that's exactly, that's the only reason why they left their island is they was looking for other Samoans. And they met a lot of people that thought that they were Samoans and weren't. They also met some people that were Samoans, but had rejected who they were. They had they they, they became completely moderns or mated with not yes, them or mated with. They made little chimeras. Yes, they made little chimeras, and so the Samoans is like, well, you, you well, stay here. Well, and then this brings us to the final of the races of man. But before we do that, I want to go over one of the things that years ago kind of set us onto eventually doing this episode, which is. We've even talked about it earlier in the episode. The Asians, the northern Chinese man you met who said, we call your people the hairy people. Yeah. Talking to us and we were so confused. And 
he pointed out the Vellus hair. And mm-hmm. that sort of was what ballooned into going over all these differences, talking and interacting and looking over past right, experiences. Like just how deep do these differences go? And oh my freaking goodness, do they go deep. The bone structure, the we've skin, talking, everything. It's we've been not talking for two and a half hours on this, and we haven't even scratched the surface yet. Oh, yeah. We've barely touched the paint. Oh, yeah. Which is why we're getting into the final one shortly. But along with that thing... There was also the Africans, and do you want to know what the fun little name they have for us is? I'm not talking about white devils. I'm not talking about spooks or ghosts because we disappear into the night and glow in the light. Which, by the way, the blacks are black, not for melanin. It's because it's camouflage for night. Yeah. They're prey species. Convinced that's exactly what Elephants it is. eat them, like yes. trail mix. Um, <laughs> but Slurp out the juicy insides. Like a giant, horrific hummingbird. Um, but the Africans call us giant pink hairy monsters. Yeah. That is what they call us because they see our skin tone. We're pink. We are pink to them, much like the Ameriblacks see the Africans and they are purple. Well, and when you watch videos where first time that you have Africans seeing us and that's really consistently what they call us. Oh, they run away. Like you can find these videos of young male Africans. Well, even uh, the adults, if they've never seen, they will run away. They, they run like crazy. They will scream. They will holler. It's a monster. It's a ghost. It's here to eat me. And, and this is another, and you know, despite the fact that these ones are freaking cannibals, but this is another interesting difference between the psychology of Africans and Europeans or Hyperboreans specifically to get the get the whole group in there, not just the little corner. Um, is for us, if a man runs away while his family is killed, he is forever shamed. He is a coward forever. Yes, and looked on as such. For them, they take great pride that their men run away. They have actually admitted this when a raiding party. Oh, yeah. I was arguing with like freaking 10 African women. And they was all screaming at me that it is good for the man to run away. Well, and it's because of how they think. They are a matriarchal society. The men behave like women. The women actually behave closer to men, but they're still African. Right. And it's because like for them, the idea is the woman is just where the seed gets planted. So the man is... Not the father, but the important thing. So, like, the man, if he gets away, can start a new tribe with new women, regardless. Yeah. But if the men die, the tribe ends. Yeah. So, that's their mentality. It's an interesting way to look at it. It uh, is. I guess. It is. It's, it's, it works for them, but it is not our way. Yep. Same as the Dravidian ways, which are being pushed. Yes. One. Um, those are not our ways. They are cannibals. They the human sacrifice, and they love rubbing poop in their eyes. Yes, in their eyes. And one last fact of the fun fact of the Africans before we get into the last race of man. Okay. The last last thing, or of just the, the, next to the last thing. We'll see. Okay. But the the Africans, fun fact, when they're happy, they hoot like a chimp. <laughs> I've caught them doing it. When they're really fresh to the country, I have no idea how the fuck they make it all the way to here, but yes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, that's just a sound that we make when we're happy. This is an actual African woman admitted this because she hadn't been told not to by the other Africans yet. Yes. And now the glorious, the horrendous, the small, smelly con men known as 
the Dravidians. Oh, yes. The Red Dot Indians. Our heroes, our saviors, the enlightened ones, the spiritual leaders. The seedy, two-tongued frickin'. Yes. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. I keep banging on, on that. But, okay, the Dravidians, they themselves divide themselves up into, what is it, four different? They, they have several subspecies. They're fully, they're fairly upfront about this. And apparently, according to them, it ranges from just stupid dark, like borderline yep. just black as night, to white. And they, when they say white, they mean like milk white. Yeah, they don't mean us white. No, and they, they say specifically the white-skinned ones, the milk white ones, have lighter eyes and they have a beard. But it's not like your beard. It's not like my beard. It's like they have hair, but it's not your beard. It's a beard, but it's not your beard. Right. These use the word very loosely. People are they're natural con men. Two a one. Look at their gurus who ship themselves out all over the world, or they get people to come to to Dravidia and give us your money, and I will teach you the enlightened ways of our people who are who have been around. Are we? Our book is 6,000 years old. Yes, it is a book. Even though books cannot survive 6,000 fucking years, I'm going to repeat it until you believe it. Well, this is why they're such good con men. They believe whatever line of shit they sell you. At least at the moment. Yes. Because you've actually met a guy, had a life, fairly decent life, and then he fell in with Hinduism. Oh, yeah, the white dude, yeah. And then years later, he woke up in a gutter in India, and he was like, oh, my fucking... Penniless and abandoned by this Indian cult, basically, that he joined. It was... uh, He lived at a fucking temple, and when he ran out of money, they threw him out the door. He was in a cult. All of Hinduism was a cult. Yeah. And he lost everything, and he absolutely despises Hinduism that he will fly into a rage... The moment anyone brings it up and tries to get defensive and it'd be like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. He's like, no, these people, they're monsters. They're, they rape children. They murder women. They eat people. They, they throw shit at each other. They wallow around in it. These people, they're monsters. I thought he was way overreacting when I first met him because it was years and years ago. And then the internet happened. And the Dravidians openly talk about this. And the worst part was... If you know where to look. They were worse than he said. Yes. They are... This is the thing with the Dravidians. They are varied because they have many subspecies. Um, And the few ethnic Dravidians that you've talked to... Yes. They are very adamant that Hinduism is bullshit. That it is a corrupted... The Hinduism that we know of is complete fucking bullshit. That it's not actually universalist. It is... Indian specific. This is the Dravid. It's actually it's much like saying pagan for European. It's a blanket statement of many ethnic faiths of different groups. Same in India with Hinduism. Yes. But it's but spirituality is one of the best cons you can give. Yes. And they are very good at it. They are. And yes, uh, I don't even know what to what to say about these monsters because that's what they are. By every definition, they are as much a monster as a wavern or a worm, but worse because they can talk. 
Well, and they even claim to have been the spawning point of Abraham, and I don't doubt it. I'll give it to them. Well, because they, they have a solid fucking argument for it. Well, because Buddhism's just Eastern Christianity, and that came from Hinduism, right? And people that say that's not, they're ignoring. I don't know the Buddhists who talk about it. But just to get into the the physical thing. Depending on who you ask, they're either related to cats, and I have reason to believe this might be true because their tongues get really weird. Yeah. Um, almost looks like hairs sometimes. Well, and the ego, the self-importance, the general attitude the, of cats as well. Yes. They, they're kind of cat-like in their personalities. And then there's also the possibility they're monkey people. It's possible. It is. I mean... I mean, why not? But in general, if I had to pick based on personality... Probably cats. Yeah, I'd go with some kind of cat, honestly. Yeah. Uh, even though they don't have the retractable claws, evolution is a real thing. Well, and they're very wiry, I guess you could say, the the purebreds. The purebreds are, yeah, they're... they're it's almost they're like... They're really lean, and they're not skinny and starved. Like, you see the typical guru, he's obviously malnutritioned. They're not. You can tell this is just the way that their body's supposed to be put together. It's like they're made out of leather and ropes. and Yeah, it's almost like they're made out of some kind of voodoo doll fetish. Yeah, almost. They're, and they're old look... They're, no, no, they're young look old. I almost said they're yeah. old look young. They're young look old. Like you met one with their his grandfather. Yeah. You thought they were the same age and that they were both old. Yeah, I thought they were brothers. And it's not because the old man looked so young. It's because the young man looked so old. Like, this is the level of freaking con men these people are. Like, first of all, they've taken over all of the call centers around the well, world. Gandhi was the greatest con man of them all. Well, I was going to go with they think enlightenment is black because it's the color of their eyelids. Yeah, the inside of your eyelids. And this is what people buy. And they will argue it. And they will beat you over the head with it. Well, and... and well. What we end up dealing with on our end is the the Vedas is not Hinduism, other than it is. Go argue with that entire continent, billions of people that will tell you, yes, that is exactly what Hinduism is. We use the Vedas informs Hinduism, so it is one and the same. Okay, billions of motherfuckers are just wrong about a native belief system versus a handful of people, well, uh, your Hyperboreans on the internet with a fucking Dravidian fetish. Yeah, well, and look what happened with the Hare Krishna movement. Yeah. Well, and the reason we're going off about the spirituality is because it's what they've exported. Yeah, it, Every it's, it's what they do. It's the biggest con. The second biggest con is the tech. The customer service. Hello, how may, how may we help you today? My name is Todd. I am Todd from Bangladesh. And apparently they do that because that's how they have to speak. Yeah. That's not a. That's not like a joke. That they don't even realize that they do the 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 the. And someone might bring up, well, what about the Sikhs and their glorious beards? We've met. Have you looked at the Sikhs? Yeah, I've challenged Sikhs to to fights. They won't fucking do it. Well, and they're a race of. They're, they're cowards and liars. And look up the Sikhs. There's this, this glorious one. 
I think the the search term they could use would be what seek battle in temple. It is embarrassing. Dude, our children our, fight better. I would than that. put our children with sticks up against their Sikhs with swords. Well, they have weapons of just not their even weapons of terror. Weapons it's not even terror. terror. It's weapons for scaring peasants. Yeah, because they they use the chakram, sure whatever, but the freaking floppy sword, the floppy sword. Yeah, the floppy sword. The floppy sword. If you if you can't if you couldn't tell. Out of all of the races of men, out of every last one of them, even the ones that we absolutely did, that we are currently at war with, even if we won't admit, the one single race of man that we cannot bring ourselves to say anything positive about, at least without really, really forcing it, is this one. I'm trying. I got nothing. I absolutely nothing. There and are, fuck their curry because curry just means sauce. We've had sauces. Most of these, the well, the English love the curry. They're eating English fucking curries. They're not eating chicken, Indian curries. Chicken tikka masala is as freaking English as eel pie. It's come on. They they we've Who is been lied to for and, this? and they keep pressing the lie and then we keep buying it everything about these people are a fucking scam shit doctors shit lawyers shit tax everything about them is shit ah i've got got nothing nothing i I I want to come up with something about the semites i have to stretch i have to dig really fucking hard but i can come up with something i got nothing for these people the calligraphy is nice there. Something nice about the Semite chimeras, because, again, not a lot on the purebred Semites. Yeah. But the Dravidians, they are making an active play against our people with a web of lies and a billion people more than happy to take every last one of us and just wipe well, us out. And you can point at the Israelites. They learned their tricks. They ain't got nothing on the Dravidians. They learned their tricks, according to the Dravidians, from the Dravidians. And when they're... Because this is the other thing. The only time a Dravidian will tell the truth is when he's fucking bragging. Well, and I wish, I wish I had something positive. Because I even had something positive to say about the Africans. At least they're hopeful. At least they're naive. At least they occasionally do something mildly interesting. They can dance, kind of. They try. Kind of. I got nothing. Nothing for Dravid. Oh, but they're grand, colorful temples. Yes, they said, what color shall we paint it? And their answer was yes. Well, actually, I will give them one positive, but it's also a negative. The Dravidians are capable of convincing themselves of a con so well that if it's a con that will benefit you, you can benefit in turn. Like Vivek. Yeah. Like to go with the guy that's currently probably the fam- most famous Dravidian in the Western world that's still alive. At least in the U.S. Oh, and he'd follow through on everything that he's promising. Yeah. What you got to watch out for is everything that he's not saying, though. Yes. He will let Dravidians in like crazy. Oh, he's even said so. Yes. And he will dance around the frick that the fact that he's a Hindu until the cows come home. Yep. But his loyalty is to his people. Now, he will, he will probably follow through on anything that he's said up till now. Because Dravidians convince themselves of their con. Yes. And they like to follow through on stuff. But he has also said that he will tighten a bond with India... And bring more Indians to America to bring us up. 
back into the first world to strengthen our economy, to strengthen our technology, to strengthen our infrastructure and our systems. We don't need India. Have you seen India? Uh. But this is one more fun fact about the Dravidians, and then I think we can move on. Okay. This is how the Dravidians described how we look to them. And this is what I find fascinating, because between how they, how they view the world, because we've already covered their senses are different from ours. Mm-hmm. But it also gives an interesting insight into how different we look, because everyone forgets, like, when other races first meet us, their first inclination is not, oh, it's a slightly different looking version of us. It's like, holy mackerel, what the hell yeah. is that? Like how when we first met the Asians, we thought they were all women because they effectively have no sexual dimorphism. Right. At least from our perception. They can tell. Yeah, we, we can. struggle. But the, or the, how a handful of, a, a handful of boatloads of Spaniards conquered South America, Central America. And part of North America. And a few ships. Of just in- on an exp- expedition. Just on an exploratory expedition. Well, we are war. We are death. Yeah. But, well, and we also had just a few ships. I forget who it was. Was it the Portuguese, the English? But we took, took over India without a second thought. Yeah. Um, but the Dravidians, how they view us, is like two giant paws is our hands. Oh, yeah, you're, you're and, talking about and then, the, uh, the actual Dravidians. Yes, the purebred Dravidians. Because yeah. a lot of them are, are, are either, chimeras. Yeah, either chimeras with the Semites, with us, with the Asians, Africans, uh, or with They'll each other. They'll fuck anything. Yes. But you hold a chair, they will fuck it. But they describe us as our head is a giant boulder covered in hair. And then we have a tree for a, a body. Tree trunk, big, thick tree tree trunk for a body and then big animal paws like a tiger or a big bear we sound like ants or trolls yeah well en- well trolls because what are ants based off of basically right. but this well, and our voices are really growly and they can hear our voice echo in our chests and they can feel it in the air when we speak specifically the men well yeah because some of the races basically treat us like gods yeah as messed up as that is, and I'm not comfortable with that fact either, but some of them even credit us with helping make them into a thing. Like the some of the black tribes apparently have that, and some of the mezzos have Especially that. Especially like the cargo or at the Amazonians. Cult. Oh, the cargo cult. That's in yeah. that's in an island, I think, around Papua New Guinea. But it's the shipwreck people. Yeah. But here's my thing: is throughout all this, while I've had some ups and downs, some positives, some negatives, it's fascinating to me. It is. Even when there's monsters. It's, I'm giddy. And here's the thing is, we are beautiful, we are unique, and we are home if we are in the North Woods. And if you get far enough south into the, it becomes the North Woods again. Argentina, Tasmania. We are home where we belong when we're there. And this is the interesting thing is, among all these other races that have interesting stories about us and we have interesting stories about them and history, folklore, personal experiences. It's much like a fantasy city where all the different races get are living together in the cities and the towns, except much like in all those fantasy books and role playing games and stuff. Yeah, when you have the city it turns into a It's on a it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. It it's is a, tic- a dystopian dark nightmare. Yes, as in 
but this is the interesting bit. We can actually talk to each other for now. Yeah. And this is the final thing I want to say. Something interesting about our own people, and I brought up sort of the blood memory of the holidays and the, the parts of that. But another interesting thing, and I've found this from several different members of our people, is the memory of the Ring of the North. Mm-hmm. That this whole ring around the north, you know, Europe, Siberia, North America, sort of the islands in the Atlantic, things like that. This is home. And it was connected a long time ago. And, and that's a weird thing. And I don't typically like to bring up the weird things. W-Y-R-D. But there is a collective memory among our people. A shared history. A shared suffering. And I know who I'm siding with when things go south. All right. Uh, so I hope everybody enjoyed this extra long episode and that it was as interesting for you to listen to as it was for us to talk about again we haven't even really scratched the surface on on all of this it's barely even touching the uh the paint um and we will end up talking about it on and off probably through a variety of different topics but uh until then i hope that you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time other than next week yep and uh yeah Enjoy the fantastical world of Middle-earth, the mortal realm, everyone. Yes, the world is strange. <laughs>